0: Hello and welcome to episode 353 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Plenty to get into this week. The Harper curse was broken on Friday night as Mauricio Pochettino recorded his first win as Chelsea manager against newly promoted Luton Town. Angie's good start as Spurs boss continued in the lunchtime kickoff. Arsenal and United were both tasked with a comeback in their afternoon games, but only one of them was successful in finishing the job. It took David Moyes to remind everyone that there's more than one way to play the beautiful game as they smashed Brighton all over the Annex to go top of the league on Saturday night. And Man City not only teased us with some potential drop points, but they also robbed everyone of a few FPL clean sheets. And then a fiery game at St James's Park ended with Darwin Nunes stealing the show. We, we may touch on the controversy for Moosek Dubois, but we'll see how things go. How are we doing today? Fantastic. How are you doing? Big weekend. Plodding on. Um, an Arsenal win, and I think. I may have been boosted up a little bit. But
1: The drop points is what's done it rather than the boost.
0: Yeah. Could have been worse though, as I'm sure you saw a match of the day when Adama's running through. And I've said previously, the man basically offers nothing but still terrifies you when you play against him. For sure. And I thought it was going to come back to haunt me, but you know, we live to fight another day. Again, the order has been rearranged this week. Newcastle, Liverpool, stole the show this weekend. Bank holiday weekend. As a separate note, this was the first time really, I thought, in a lot of the games over the weekend, you could properly hear the rain on so many of the broadcasts. And On the Arsenal game, the commentator felt inclined to tell us thunder there again, as you can hear. But I think it was in... I'm like apologising for it, like yeah. it's language. The Brentford game was unreal, and I love a rainy kickoff, so a bit of atmosphere pumped in. Don't know if I, I can't uh, say I've noticed if that. If anyone else no, picked pick that, that
2: up. So. No, I mean, if, I was, if this is hungover thoughts.
1: Yeah, maybe that's. The intrusive. His thoughts, senses have been awakened. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I was all right at that stage. Anyway, Jurgen Klopp said that Liverpool's last gasp 2 1 win at Newcastle on Sunday was more difficult than their Champions League comeback over Barcelona in 2019 very quickly TK
1: <laughs> do, do you agree with that did it feel just as good <laughs> that, that is so much just like I'm pissed so I'm going to say something <laughs> isn't it I, I'm in the moment no obviously not I, I guess 10 men away from home St James's Park's not easy but then we'll, we'll just ignore the fact that one was three goals down against a team <laughs> with Lionel Messi and Suarez etc I, I think I know which one I'll go with if you could
0: have got uh, Tindall on that Barca touchline <laughs> at 4-0. Maybe they've won it even more conclusively. So yeah, Liverpool went 1-0 down. 10 men for over an hour after Virgil van Dijk was sent off. Darwizy Nunes scored two late goals. Thrilling victory, we said just before we started recording. Liverpool, Newcastle. You both said just always seems to be a good fixture. I feel like there was a lull because Newcastle didn't really give you very many exciting games for... About five, six, maybe seven years. Yeah. But really, the last gasp goal you had with their time wasting seems to have kind of rejuvenated things and kicked it up a notch again.
1: Yeah, we had a late winner from Origi, uh in the year. The first time we finished second to City on 90 odd points. Um, so it's always a. Te- it's a bit of bitterness in my tone every time I mention that, isn't it? but that was—I think I was like three two or something. So something, but yeah, when on the broadcast we're literally referencing two games from the mid nineties. Kind of, well, we had some good games, yeah, but there's quite a gap there. We well, said before, haven't they, that they hype
0: up United, Chelsea, and it's like a shit that, game. every time. That is the old horror <laughs> game.
2: Yeah, yeah, everyone knows that that's going to be
1: back. Thinking of um, thinking of Stan Collingwell, though. I uh, we obviously we were out on Friday. And for whatever reason, Twitter occasionally does this, doesn't it? Where it highlights a tweet and notifies you. But I've woken up to a notification that says, Stan Collymore says, Hey, mate, seen your post last night. I just thought I'd get in touch. And I thought... Have I DM'd to Stan Collymore last night? <laughs> so, oh, this can't be good as well. Whatever I've said after a few beers to Stan Collingwell can't be good. And it turns out it was just a random post that he had made to someone that Twitter had highlighted. But it's the only notification I had on my phone when I woke up. It's just I not- was temporarily thinking, oh shit, what have I done?
2: She's absolutely fear inducing. So uh- <laughs> well,
1: mine, mine does I it. Especially, she's probably done that thing to me that people do where they like. I can see you're angry, mate. So I feel sorry for you. (laughs) How small do I suddenly feel?
0: I get that a lot on uh, Insta where it just randomly tells me someone's posted a photo. On the Spitball Instagram account, just regularly tells me, ask me to follow Troy's mum on Instagram (laughs) like all the time. And I was streaming the boxing for us and we were out on Saturday and there was a group kind of gathered around watching it and it just popped up just like an Instagram bird saying, I just posted a picture. I was kind of looking around. Did anyone flick that. Don't, don't judge me for this. Like, I did see a swift yeah. uh, flick of it. I thought, I won't asked questions about this. I can be very honest. I thought you were going to get pumped yesterday. That was before we lost. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was telling just about anyone that would listen. I, I thought once I saw Kanate Cana- out, I had no hesitation because I thought either Klopp was going to have to switch up the system and then one minute in, I saw Trent in centre mid and I thought, <laughs> well, he's an idiot then because he hasn't and this is like the worst thing you can do. Turns out <laughs> I was right somewhat because the system does change after things go horribly wrong to uh, to kick things off. Your it.
1: method was absolutely correct. The workings are absolutely correct to somehow got the wrong answer. I also... I didn't think Matip and Trent to be friends by the end of the game. (laughs) They are not on speaking terms by the end of this.
0: I couldn't believe Matip got the nod over Gomez. I think most Liverpool fans would say Matip's a better defender.
1: But I thought... But for that position... Yeah, literally, half of it is just having the legs to do it. Yeah. And And a guy who's played right back and centre-back has somewhat, probably more of a feel for it. We've spoken before about certain games just
0: doing irreparable damage to someone's career and i can't get past the joe gomez ice spice clip i referenced the and no one knew what i was talking about but from someone that was spoken about as one of the best up and coming talents of like his generation of defenders mm. to now being like christ we don't want joe gomez coming in
1: yeah it's a weird one isn't it because you know he was a mainstay in the team in the year we win the league so it's not like he's like a bum But it has—he's obviously had some injuries, and when it does go wrong for him, it goes fucking horribly wrong. I've said before, if you're on the same side of the pitch as Trent, we can't have two of you doing this. In terms of the way
0: that he has just come out of the side, I guess Smith Rowe from being one of our like first two names on the clean on on the team sheet to now being, but at least he's not played a minute so far.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, his one's more weird, isn't it? At least Gomez, you can point to some glaring sort of errors, whatever. I did think, and he didn't get highlighted. it partially got highlighted on Match of Day, but only as a means of Harvey Barnes should have done better here. I thought Gomez played it to absolute perfection. That one time Harvey Barnes gets in behind, the recovery pace to get back to him, but also position himself just perfectly, whereby he says to Barnes, right, if you try and pass to Cam Wilson, I'm going to block it, or go for the shot, I'm going to block it. And he, the only way you can really deal with Harvey Barnes that instance is to go, I'm not going to make the decision for you, you're going to have to do it. And you, Try and catch him in two minds, and that's exactly what happened. That was the only real time Harvey Barnes was a threat when he came on. But I thought, just because we'll always highlight if Gomez was a shocker, yeah, I thought the way he dealt with that, if that was you know, if that was verge, we'd all be creaming over it.
0: I I was like a proud dad when Harvey Barnes came on because I really thought he was going to do something. That's
1: my boy, that's my boy coming on, and then pre game again, I thought he was going to. I thought, I thought Gordon would have a good game. I didn't think he'd be that good, I'll admit, but I thought he would probably cook us because it's only about right. And I thought, once he's done, Trent's going to look up and see Harvey Barnes going <laughs> on and be oh, fuck, we've got some more. And uh, it's the most subdued I've seen, Harvey Barnes. Weird yeah. performance. So Trent
0: made a pretty shocking start, as we uh, highlighted last week, when you beat Bournemouth 3-1, but ultimately when you win games, internally maybe not the same, but from the outside, Liverpool fans... Don't care about you dogging a Trent performance because they've won, and a lot of us don't really want to talk about Liverpool because they've won, is usually how these things go. And he may somehow made an even worse start to this game. <laughs> <laughs> He's at fault for the opening goal, just failing to control a ball and the defence going through. He should have he should have been sent off after, what was it, like 12 minutes on the clock? Mm-hmm. The first one, I do think I I think even the biggest hater of Liverpool is going to struggle to justify the card. It makes no sense. It's and a blatant
1: foul on him in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, you won't get more obvious pushing the back. And the ref knew that as well, because that's why he doesn't give him the second one. Yeah, he, they they know with these kick-in-the-ball-away things that how ridiculous they are. And so it means they bottle it when it comes to them. And probably how early it was in the game, I would admit. But nonetheless, they know, and which... I know the law is a law, but I think if I'm a referee, I'm practising some common sense and going, you know what, I missed one here, so I'm not going to give him the card for kicking the ball away because I've had a shock on myself.
0: Combs kept saying it was because he threw the ball at Gordon and he didn't throw it at him at all. He's not even like... Give Trent some credit. It's not even like he's dashed <laughs> it inaccurate. away. It's not even like he's dashed it away. It was like
1: angry, no. like massively, was it? Or f- pissed into and the I cloud. think he
0: shrugs his arms kind of like... And it
1: wasn't a time-wasting gesture either, so it makes no sense. Because I'm, I'm very
0: quick to agree usually where we say players have to have some common sense as as you've just referenced in that the way the crowd are going to be, the ref is going to make some questionable decisions anyway because he's going to be on their back. We had the same on Monday night at Selhurst. But you have to allow for some emotion in the game and Marcus Silva was saying about this during the game because Calvin Bassey gets booked for time-wasting and then he's sent off. He should be sent off against us but he said the the initiative from the referees to the staff and the players is basically don't react to anything. Yeah. And it makes no sense because it's no. impossible to do.
1: Yeah, it takes the emotion out of the game, which is one of the biggest selling points of this game compared to other sports. So you can't really have that. And again, we spoke about on previous weeks, pushing forward an the initiative doesn't mean you abandon everything else. Like in the, the Trent one there, there's two things gone wrong here. They missed the original foul and then Trent in the perfect world, doesn't throw the ball away. But the bigger mistake here is missing the foul in the yeah. first place. And there's a constant sort of focus on, no, we've got to make sure you react well to our mistakes and then we'll think about our mistakes later. So, Well, no, if you don't make them in the first place, you don't have a manager going to skit so a player losing his mind on the
2: side. Exactly. And all whilst and one of the biggest like referee controversies of recent yeah, we're times. We're going to get to that, yeah. Mm. Like, it's not the weekend to be making that point. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Well, Gary O'Neill... Was he got booked for the Onana penalty decision against United, in which they apologized to him ten minutes after the game? And so, yeah, that makes that makes no. Marcus Silva's already got a ban because he's been booked in all three games of the season (laughs) so far.
1: So if you put that to him, that's three yellow cards already. That's a ban, and he's just going shaking his head. Imagine they're making the most
0: of it, where they were like, you know, that means he's on course for thirty-eight bookings (laughs) this season. When they've already said that he's banned for one game, so he's going to struggle to get one there. (laughs) <laughs> and the second booking I mean Gordon again does go down easily I don't think
1: I did initially think oh shit he's forearmed him in the face he's in trouble whereas it's the shoulder really so I don't you know how much is that yellow? I don't know
0: but it's, it's stupid I mean, even for the goal he's lucky that
1: Gordon continued running through because he grabs his shirt he definitely realises doesn't he he goes well I'll let him score rather than do this uh, one thing with that It's obviously a trend blunder and looks horrible. did think Salah didn't do his mate any favours. Here's a bobbly pass on your left foot earlier. Go on, son. So much of that depends on who plays the pass. So
0: Saka plays the pass that puts Ramsdale in trouble in our game. I've seen Martinelli compilations of the bad game he had. I've seen um, Havertz. I mean, Havertz has somehow somehow got the blame for the two goals we conceded <laughs> and Saka has so much credit in the bank that he's not going to get the blame and Salah is the same no Liverpool fan is taking any
1: chances this week with Salah I did think when <laughs> uh, we obviously get down to 10 men one of the attacking players has come off I said, like, imagine if Klopp had hooked Salah <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the flight th- would have been booked Yeah,
0: we were talking before the game that Salah couldn't really have won after it because if he applauds the fans then it was you know that's what he he's should do he's out of here yeah and then it's, okay, is he doing that because he's off? Or if he doesn't, then it's, you know, he can't even face the fans. He's not happy, yeah. <laughs> the goal that they do score, runs under Trent's foot. We had the same, didn't we? Which game was we had it in? It was the Villa game, wasn't it? It was concert. He went to control the ball and the ball went under his studs against Everton. I think uh, concert was even worse. Yeah, against, that was against Newcastle as well. <laughs> and this one, Gordon going through, Fair play. I mean, didn't hesitate, did he? No, it's but, Allison we've spoken about before. Can one of the worst. normally when they see him,
1: but yeah. stick it through
0: Allison's legs. Cash money.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good awareness from Gordon because it's one of the few options you've got at that point. Normally, people panic, get caught in two minds. He didn't. Half the uh punditry at halftime going it was Sierra henry Esque. So maybe we should relax <laughs> just a little bit. Any composed finish does not have to be yeah. Thierry henry Esque. Well you they, they started
0: doing it for anyone that opens their body up, to yes put it in the opposite exactly. corner when that's when you same. That's the only option do. he has yeah. here. What's he gonna do? <laughs> I mean, you know these players are fast. It takes I think sometimes seeing them like that when you see like Van Dyke's no slouch and Trent's no slouch and them just having no chance of catching up with him. When he puts the burners on, it's, yeah, freaky.
1: One of the weirder aspects of that was, in the same game, I saw Joe Gomez get rinsed for pace by Tanali but make a recovery on <laughs> Harvey Barnes. I was like, he is not quicker Harvey Barnes. I can't work this out. Luis Diaz, and we'll
0: speak about the substitution in just a moment. I forget just how good he is because of the time that he has had out. Mm. Got to be, not going to say one of the, best in the league not that he's not but I wouldn't want to put a list together now one of the most electric players to watch in the league has to be there he's he's got more flair than Martinelli but I would liken them in the way that they're just incredibly direct and just straight there's no messing about and Gordon was the same yesterday to be fair yeah he was you didn't have much to go on in the the start of the game every time he got the ball he was creating something by just having a willingness and that's, he was up against Trippier, so.
1: Yeah, when we were taking him off, I was sort of wondering, do you take him off just because he's one of our best sort of goal out of nothing players available, really. Um But, you know, then I realised, who else are you taking off? You, you're not taking off Salah for the reasons we've said and Gakpo's probably the guy if you go, we need someone to make it stick a little bit. He's probably the best option out of those. So.
0: Upon reflection, I would agree with the the making it stick. At the time, I was convinced it had to be Gakpo. I thought you weren't going to get too much there anyway, and so I thought you just weren't going to play central and just have the two wingers mm-hmm. running running in. But I mean, Klopp obviously. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> knows that knows better on this occasion. No,
1: he showed didn't he?
0: For the sending off, what did you think of it? Because I I was told almost immediately by comms that it's a blatant red and that wasn't how I first saw it.
1: No, the, the tone of the commentary was like... It's um, like he cleaned him out, for starters, which he made his contact with him, but I didn't think it was, a, oh my God, he's booted him. Uh, and it was it was almost like... It was so rash, like the Aguered sending off uh, for, um, against Chelsea, right? It was West Ham Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, where... Carragher's like, what are you doing on comms? Because he was like, he was never winning that ball, what's he doing? And he has cleaned them out. I didn't think it was like that with the Van Dyke one. Um And then, so it is borderline. I've genuinely no idea then what you do. Because I'm saying, I think there should be more contact for a red, but that isn't the rule. So like, maybe I'm wrong.
2: I've looked at that and I've, I've tried to put myself in the ref's shoes. I'm trying to think, has he thought, Oh, he's going through. I'm just going to wipe him out here and just negate the chance. In Van Dyke's head, I think he's closer to the ball than he thinks he is. So he's yeah. a genuine attempt for the ball mm. in his head. And I think it's somewhere caught between the middle because then you got the grey of, well, is our people covering or not? And it all boils down to the genuine attempt for the ball. And I guess that's just never going to get overturned, is it? With
1: once it was given, you yeah, were are going to overturn it. It was
2: that, that was down that. to referee's decision. If a yellow card's given. Again, I don't think that's being overturned either.
1: No. So No, it's true.
2: I think it's just a grey area really where I think Van Dyke thinks he's got more time than he thinks to get actually get to the ball.
1: But one of the other trickier things is like he he obviously makes contact with Isaac's foot and the ball. But it's sort of like how many challenges are you gonna have like in the middle of the park where you might not necessarily get The ball and then the foot. You might get a bit of the foot and then the ball first, and you're never gonna you're never gonna pull that up because these things happen in a football match. But in a slow down situation where you're running on goal, then we're gonna focus on it a lot more. And I guess by by the rule, it's a foul, and therefore if they deem that's a goal scoring opportunity, then they have to get rid of him. But I thought the whole thing with the it used to also be just last man, didn't it? And then they realised oh we're getting probably a lot more red cards than we need to here because. It make, I thought this probably fell into that sort of example. It's We've seen players
0: where they kind of fake the reaction, don't they? Like, I can't believe you're sending me off for this and it's the most blatant red ever. Van Dijk did seem genuinely in disbelief yeah, yeah. that it could be a red. I say, when well, I saw the first replay back, and you're looking for basically contact on the ball, and you do sometimes, people say, well, he touched the ball, and okay, well, he did sweep through the man as well. On the first replay, I was like, that's not a red. I actually thought they might overturn it because I thought there was enough contact with the ball but there seems to be no consistency and I don't know how there can be with this of what is a goal scoring opportunity Hmm. because usually they would say there's someone else in the vicinity so they could get across if they wanted to. I'm not sure Isaac was alone enough that you could say no one else could possibly have got in the area. And at what stage then are we making these decisions based upon how clinical a striker is? Like, is it because Isaac in that area could score and you can go through... So say it's Gabriel Jesus, who is known for missing chances. Mm-hmm. If, if it's him that that challenge is
1: made on, are the referees saying, not sure? If there'd been a man near, certainly for his first one, near Darwin, who pulls him down, I don't think that's a goal-scoring opportunity. He's that wide in the box where you go, I don't know that he's definitely going like, to... This is a goal-scoring opportunity. He's going to hit and hope, but he might not. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm not mistaken, but right? there is still the rule in play where if it's a genuine attempt for the ball, it's only a yellow.
1: So if it's in the box. So
0: say right. it had been in the box and the same challenge had been made, it probably would have been a booking a penalty. A, penalty. a booking yeah. because of double jeopardy. There's just so many rules and intricacies to it now. I remember a time yeah. and very much uh, good old days doing <laughs> yeah. it where we would have a discussion of, you can celebrate in every other way. Why can't you put your shirt over your head or rip your shirt off? And that was the only thing, really, that we were going, that makes no sense. Why are we doing that? You can do this yeah. and you can do that. And now it's, yeah, you can make this foul here and it's a book and you make it, it there and it's a red and... I don't know. It's That one wasn't as clear cut as I thought they were kind of selling it as, which no, was that's it. If, you,
1: if you end up coming down on the side that's a red, I wouldn't argue too vociferously with you. It is, I think, a close decision either way. But it was just, and it's, it's unfortunate it's coming from Gary Neville, but it's just kind of like, did I miss like a two-footed challenge in it or something? Because
0: well, <laughs> it doesn't seem that... We'll speak about the interview in in more depth later on, but how much do you think the Mike Dean clip from this week put more pressures on referees this weekend to be conclu- so. to be conclusive in their decision? Because
1: they know every manager's going to come out and be like, oh, so is, they are protecting his mate again. Yeah.
0: We've now had uh, the ninth red card after three game weeks of the season. <laughs> it's only 21 short of the number that we had the whole of last season. We're on track for 118 by the end of the season.
1: We've had two of them. Nearly got a third yeah. of them.
0: And I know in Spain, for example, that would still be short of the amount that they get every season. But then one of the things that we often criticise, we would, we would differentiate and say, you know, with a European referee that's a red card and we would say that in the
1: Champions League where that would be just a thing that we would go by and you listen to any like journalists or whatever comes to Spanish for, they go like the cards is just ridiculous like every ref just becomes like the most pedantic guy you ever met and he said you don't want that in your game and basically we're inviting it in well we, we did it
0: and I think it was me moaning about again the Martinelli goal at Old Trafford last season but we've got this initiative to make the game harder and tougher and all of this until it comes time to slow to slow it down and make a decision and then we still scrutinise every decision to say well, there was some contact there because we're going to get to the Man
1: United game and trust me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, going, we're going down the same thing again but normally at the start of the seasons we have some pretty wild challenges going in that don't go punished because we have the initiative right we're going to let more things go yeah. but then this year because of the respect stuff and all that which throwing cards out like it's For fun. For throwing a ball away or whatever. Time-wasting when it's not really time-wasting, but they're giving it because your mate did five minutes before, so you're getting punished for it. Mm. What the hell? Why did it take Liverpool going down to 10 men to calm the game down?
0: Because they very much controlled the game better with 10 than they did with 11.
1: I guess it forced our hand in terms of... I was about to say we couldn't just go all out chaos, but we have tried to do that with 10 before, so I can't but we did seem to revert sitting in a low block a little bit as much as we can do and then as Hal said about Newcastle I didn't think they were aggressive enough no. after the Red thought they got too passive Klopp had whether said, they thought it was just naturally over time they were just going to rack up the goals I don't know But
0: Klopp had sent Joe Gomez out to warm up after Trent had the got away with being sent off do you think there was ever any real consideration in subbing him off or if it was just a kind of I hope Trent sees
1: this and knuckles down from there onwards. You could be right. It could be sending a message. But, I mean, with the way he started that game, I think putting on someone else would have been pretty prudent. Yeah. <laughs> he was essentially one... I mean, even just for the mistake, you could hook it. But he was just basically one, I don't know, sneezing on a Newcastle player away from probably getting sent.
0: Yeah. And then, Alisson, some of the saves he was making, that one is The ridiculous. one for yeah.
1: is... I mean, on a weekend where we saw, obviously, um, Pickford and Jose Sarr both get some props for the save they made, basically back-to-back, I thought the Allison one smashed those two out the park. I thought it was a joke. I and mean, Even then, to get up and obviously tip it around the corner, it's...
2: It's just incredible. Like, the power and the reaction time he's going to have had from that shot, that's what makes it so impressive. Like the
1: fourth Amron got yeah. in that shot. You know, it's, it's not,
2: like Usually, when a shot's safe from that distance, it's because the, the striker's not got all of it. Hmm. That... It is just simply incredible. It's you, one of the best saves I've seen for a long time. Do
0: you know the three highest-rated performances of Premier League players of the season so far have all been goalkeepers against Everton? So it's like a nine point six, a nine point seven, and a nine point
1: six. Don't you all use that one? <laughs> yeah. so look, we're just buying luck here. Let's. <laughs>
0: Hey, Danny Murphy said, I wouldn't be too worried if I was an Everton fan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've <just having> said... <laughs> like number numerous reasons why they should be concerned. I wouldn't be too worried. <laughs> you wouldn't? <laughs> this... They haven't scored a goal. The they opening... lost all three games.
0: The opening third of the season, they say, well, they're creating chances. And in the back half of the season, they say, well, what good is it if you're not putting them in the net? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they suddenly cotton on to having like Mopé up top, but it might cause some problems. <laughs> Tyndall shushing Klopp, as Klopp points out, the amount of... Uh, Staff in their technical area. Do you think, how's going to have a word, or is that just you know? Yeah, at this point, he is what he is because that's definitely one of those that, after the fact, you say, "Why have you done that? <laughs> You're just asking for trouble."
1: How's not going to have a word with his daddy, is it? He? <laughs> He's not going to have a word with him
2: thing is as well with Clark, he will bring this out of you, as we well know, <laughs> with Frank. Frank.
1: There was a Frank-esque uh, yeah. sort of feel to the Tyndall So
2: you know that he's just like the king of shithousery, but the, he was always that kid in class who would get away with it, and someone else would get blamed. <laughs> yeah. You know that he's goaded that out of Tyndall. I don't know that it takes a lot to go to I'm not, t- t- I'm not sure. Tyndall might be the only one who doesn't apply to you. right? He's like, yeah.
1: I'm making this about me. I'm yeah. making <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this about me. Because, I mean, he... When when Trent throws the ball, he all but gets the booking out for him. He is all over it straight away as soon as Fred, Trent throws the ball. So, look, on the one hand, I'd say, fair play for being across the rules. But also, when he comes back and you, yeah, unlucky kid. Yeah. <laughs> and his his stuff, his sort of shtick is painful. I do think it's putting a target on Newcastle's back they don't need. Yeah. Okay. Well, they. I don't know what the benefit is to yeah, him, do yeah. I don't know.
2: But that's because, like, yeah, the risk versus reward here is just... Yeah what's the point you're just making yourself a laugh and stuff. well they'll refer
0: to it as gaining an edge won't they and I don't really know what Yeah, where, where is gaining.
2: the edge
1: I don't you know we were getting tilted by him I don't
0: I didn't see well they, it. they they did the thing didn't they where they tried to twist the we're laughing at you to we're gonna laugh with you
1: when well, that when that we first said broke. at the end of last season didn't we like BBC we're doing like everyone loves Jason Tindall. It's like, no, no, we all hate him <laughs> on the Newcastle fans. that's kind of the point yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it seemed to be, because I think I'd said about it the week before on the podcast, everyone in unison seemed to go, who is this prick?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, unfortunately, the Newcastle fans are loving it at halftime. To be honest, because it was against Klopp, I think everyone was loving it at halftime. But That's
1: what made it all the sweeter. Yeah. I knew I was going to be seeing that shushing picture an awful lot if this had carried on. And then, did you see how it took
0: off the edited picture of Klopp shushing him back that wasn't real?
1: Yeah. yeah, and the
0: way that took off is just I, it's on the back page of the Telegraph today
1: yeah so I kind of thought when I saw it doing the rounds I was thinking this probably isn't anything to do with that yeah. and I'm happy to go with the lie <laughs> I'm happy to go with yeah. the pod mantra if it's better than the truth yeah. we roll with it
0: Darwin comes on on about 72 minutes I think it was and I mean I think seven touches he gets the whole game clinical two of them go in the back of the net this is what liverpool fans have been asking for this is the player that they signed you've got villa next haven't you yeah does he have to start next week before we even break it down i feel like
1: i think you have to start it just mentally i think it's very tough to then go now you're back on the bench again yeah but for what everyone's saying about this could be the the turning point for him I think it's equally possible that club benches him again. <laughs> yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. Well,
0: so much of it with um, this game, Newcastle, I think, where you said they didn't do much. We hear about control so much, and City are able to do it perfectly. City control you to the point that you can feasibly not have a sniff for the entire rest of the game. When we try and do it when Newcastle tried to do it. All you're really doing is keeping the other side in the game. And so they're more than happy for that to happen. And that's really the reason we just don't like it with City so much is because they do it effectively.
1: And in this game, it just felt like, I'm not sure you want to keep them hanging around. It was sort of a boxing match where you had them hurt in the middle of rounds, didn't take them out, and you know. Getting to the 11th or 12th round here, and he's still knocking about. I wouldn't be doing that. And it's, we've just sort of hanging in. I thought, potentially, we're hanging in here. We might be able to nick an equaliser. I'm not going to come and say, I thought we could steal the game. It's it's not some of
0: that on how? Because it started way before half time. So at half time, you say, why are we playing so negatively? You've got to get up, get back out there, and kind of seize hold of this game again, and let's go stick it to them. It was the most un Newcastle like second half. I said to someone once the you'd gone down to 10 this might be other than the Etihad the worst place that this could happen yeah Anfield would probably put in that mix as well because they aren't going to take any prisoners now and they're going to get at you
1: it's been an aggressive start to yeah. the game anyway now they're going to have foot on your throat they're going to be all over us and it's just it's just bizarre in, and, in uh, how it transpired you are right he should have got into them out of time and said look we've got to up the tempo here and the let's say we don't normally need an invite to do that either so if you can if you get a second goal, we'll probably start coming out and then it can get really messy. You can start letting loose. But where Klopp got basically each sub right and the right time, how? You're like, I mean, I'll never really understand taking Sonali off for long staff in any context, <laughs> but certainly not in this one. Like, Gordon's having a storm of a game. I'm always a fan of Harvey Barnes, but I don't know, bring him on the other side or whatever. Leave Anthony Gordon on doing his thing. Even, I thought Callum Wilson stank when he came on. I they didn't do him many favours because they lumped a couple of long balls up to him which isn't really his game but even then didn't really make it stick didn't do a huge amount where you go Isaac's not going to shit out like that so, or even put him on with Isaac you've got 11 versus 10 it's a rare chance where you can do it
0: they're trying too hard to keep both of those happy and I think they just have to accept it's not going to happen so say who's the better who's the better player yeah we hear so much about you know um, the Arsenal goalkeeping situation how you're not going to keep both of those happy Fortunately, you're going to pick one. I don't think when rare eventually comes in, and I'm sure that's going to happen at some stage, I'm not sure the next week Arteta is going to bring Ramsdale straight back in. Because once you've made the decision, you're going to have yeah, to go with it. Absolutely. Strikers don't want to leave goals on the field. And if you keep taking him off after 70 minutes, took him off on two goals against Villa, and then Wilson gets a goal himself. And so he's not going to be happy with that.
1: Yeah, and let's face it, he knows he can start for... Most Premier League sides, other than the top ones, he's going to get a start, score a decent amount of goals. The only thing is, Newcastle might say, "Well, you get injured enough that okay, you go try try your luck somewhere else, but you might get injured again." I guess. Do you think they're trying to nurse Isaac's fitness, and that's what it is. Yeah, in theory, you should be able to, I guess, balance him because they both got fitness issues. But like you said, one is always going to get the sort of the lion's share. So the other thing for Newcastle is that they their subs have become a little bit too sort of like routine. But like, this happens on this time. You know Isaac's coming off for Wilson around the same sort of t- times. We had a similar situation under Rafa where like the same times, the same subs were always going to be made. And it just, and it, you've got to be more flexible in a game. Is it not
0: more significant the two goals that Nunes scored, the type of goals they were? They weren't ones that he scruffed in at the back stick. Bounced off his ass, yeah. This is one that, I mean, you get a bit of luck with it the way it goes by Botman, but in the same way that Newcastle got luck for their one that it goes under Trent's studs, mm. he's kept persistent. And as I saw him peeling back to take the shot so early, I thought, you've got a bit more time here, wait for other people to get in the box. That's not a guy who's nervous that is playing like that. And his celebration suggests that he was. That was kind of there was a release in that with both him and Gordon.
1: Mm. But it's a hell of a finish across mm. Nick Pope, who's a big keeper in this league as well. Yeah, and Pope looks position wise, it looks like he does everything right. Yeah. Just, just, it's just right in that corner, especially, especially that first one. It's, it's the, the angle's tight.
2: It's the pace at which he hits it with as well. and That's mm, what really whacked. does it. Like the accuracy is one thing, but there's no way he Pope with his frame is getting down to that in the speed that he needs to react to it. Like you said, he didn't take it from like six yards out. It was just you could not have hit that more perfectly.
1: If you'd never watched a guy before, you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's obviously a finisher because <laughs> he did it without even thinking about yeah, it." Yeah. Jesus, we still do it quite a bit. This pre-season, people were getting a bit excited. Or I don't really doubt that he can do it when the pressure's not on and he's not having to think about it. It's when he knows millions of people are watching and is in the stadium, and you've got a little bit of time to think about what you're going to do. I question if he's going to do it. And these two, pressure was on. And like I said, it looked like it was a training ground.
0: Because isn't it? Um, I've seen goalkeepers say before essentially the goals that we want to see are rifling into the top corner of the net. as a goalkeeper, the hardest one to save is when it's hard, low and across your body because Mm. it's easier to spring up than down, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, perfect. And then it just seemed like, uh, I think the comparison I used before was the goal that Xhaka scored against Spurs in the home North London derby last season, where you've got this split second before he even hits the ball where you're like, I know this is a goal and everyone stands up ready for it to happen. You have enough time to get out of your seat at home or wherever you are, just to re- get ready for this moment. And when it went through, despite the fact it's him, it just felt like this is definitely, <laughs> this is definitely going in. It yeah. was as pure Barclays as you're going to get this season. Yeah. Just so good. And I think the fact that. You're stuck up in the gods at St. James's, which I still don't know how they get away with compared to. I think there are, there's one other stadium in the league that does that, and I, I think it might be Palace, maybe, where you're obviously not quite as high up. The fact all oh, they're looking up like that, Trent, I think, once you've gone 2
1: 1 up in the game, is gesturing to the fans and he's pumping them up. Tries to keep it in the corner, wins a throw, celebrates, yeah. which is great for the moment and great. Now you've won. Doesn't even know the fact they go up the other and get a free kick and the <laughs> ball in the box. Doesn't it look so good if we end up conceding again, Trent. Yeah, this this the celebration.
0: Yeah, it was just so good. The kind of game you only really seem to get at four thirty on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, There's is- something
0: about that slot. And unfortunately,
1: it's Arsenal United <laughs> <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, spot on. It was pure Barclays.
0: Yeah, one of the games of the season and at 30 minutes if you told someone that it was going to be one of the games of the season, you'd have thought you were getting a 7-0 hiding, I think.
1: Yeah, you'd have thought we'd be getting absolutely pasted, because it was drab. Because even
0: that. if you were to have got the win, it would have felt like uh, it's basically just not a lot had happened, and you'd nicked it, basically. But yeah. it still happened to be a, a a decent game of sorts. I do wonder if the way Newcastle played is that they know that you're a team that thrives in chaos, and so don't give them what they want. but. Mm. I don't know. I feel like they would have been more better off just getting at you and I'm sure that's how they feel now afterwards. It's a
1: weird thing where I think we actually would have lost if we'd had 11 men on the pitch. I think they would have carried on doing what they were doing. The game would have kept going back and forth and it probably wouldn't have gone so well for us. I did think they were already eating us up in midfield quite early Um and that probably would have happened but for whatever reason either taking effort off the gas getting complacent we the good thing for us is the mentality we showed was like right this isn't fucking happening today which so often we've probably not had we've just kind of gone right we're going out swinging with you and we go you know you go and lose with a stupid school line whereas we said we're going to be hard to beat today and we're going to basically drag you to the last 10-15 minutes and then we're going to see if we can it something out of this and all the players led to that and the manager with his subs got it absolutely right. I mean Jota and Elliot were naked, on were great as well. Even though like, they're not obviously gonna get the headlines Darwin did. No. But they were fantastic as well.
0: You got a result, but I I do wonder if once you take the emotion out of it, there are still a lot of things to be worried about from your perspective. In be. That yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Defensively I still think you need another body in there because Canati is gonna miss games. We've said so many times, that's the reason you got him for thirty million, yeah, is because of his injury record. It's a tough place to judge. I do wonder if, when you've seen Endo in there, if he is the guy that can. You he essentially did it slow, didn't he? Well, I think you can't just have someone good in that position to be able to facilitate what you want from Subozli and McAllister. And I was really excited to see McAllister further forward yesterday, and that kind of
1: you got out of the way pretty quick, early. didn't it?
0: But I don't know. I think a guy who's going to get six, six point five out of ten every week, and Endo might be better than that. This is, a, as I say, a very tough place to judge it, but I look at... He hasn't played with a men yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I look yeah, and uh, I see what Palinia did to us on Saturday. I
1: mean, that was a monster performance, yeah. of, wasn't it?
0: but just someone that has no interest in doing anything but what yeah. he's doing is yeah. what really you need because savozla does look a very techie player, but I'm also not sure that is he a, the chaotic get-amongst-it midfielder that maybe... Uh, I mean, that's it's, not what you want to do, but it's what you're having to do.
1: Yeah, well, I, I said it in the pre-season one with him and McAllister. It's like, they're two creative, technical, attacking players who will put a shift in, but ultimately their first thought is still to go forward. I thought there are a couple of instances with that where... There's one where just it was unfortunate for him from the camera angle for us. You can see the passes on before he does. So realises he's on his heels, tries to get back in. But at that point, uh, Bruno Gomerish is bearing down on our, our back four. Now, nothing comes of it, but that is literally just because of a lapse in concentration from Zabosler there. There's another one where down the left-hand side, McAllister, there's a runner and he just doesn't track him. just goes, no, I'm not following him. And yeah, it's little things like that where you go, okay, instinctively they're not players that were going to do this. Coaching can help, but like you said, you do need the guy next to them just going to facilitate that. Uh, Jack, we won't make you
0: wait any longer to talk about Chelsea's first home win since March the fourth.
1: Chelsea. I'm genuinely happy to see the half a curse broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's had a tough run. It's
0: Chelsea's first competitive win under Pochettino. Three 0 victory against Luton two goals from Sterling, one from Nicholas Jackson. First question that may be easier to answer in a week's time. Were Chelsea good or were Luton bad?
2: Luton were bad. So <laughs> I, th- I was texting t- t- some t- of my mates in the first half and we looked completely incohesive. We looked like we weren't making anything stick. The structure wasn't there in the first half either. And there was a lot of nearly moments where we'd get to a good position and then Nick Jackson would fall over or Sterling would get the confidence levels of Ronaldo and just dribble into like three players and lose the ball and there was one time in the first half as well where Kai Taylor tried to step over fell over <laughs> and then they just nicked the ball off him and it was just very much that it looks nervous it looks like a lot of young players wearing that shirt that it, it we haven't played together before. <laughs> yeah. haven't played together before and wearing it at home and felt the pressure. Um, so I said to my dad on the, on the way there in the car, just cause well, I don't know, like, I don't know what the result's gonna be. I think it's gonna be 3-0. And I said, that's not because we're good. That's because they're that shit, but it will be 3-0. And there we go. Good shout. But like to answer your question, yeah. it was mainly down to Brighton just being poor than us being particularly good. That did change, but I'm sure we'll come on to that later.
0: Yeah, I I, I do like him. I think we said this pre-season. The amount of people that's pre-season prediction was, you know, I'm not sure Luton going to be as bad as people think. And there was no quantitative measure mm-hmm. as to what that really means. And on early viewing, they may be as bad as people think. Be worse. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, <laughs> Were you
0: think- shook to see Ross Barkley in the starting lineup?
2: Um, No. I mean, I wasn't shook to see it. <laughs> but I, mean, I quite liked Ross Barkley. That's the Barkley. kind of thing that would worry me. <laughs> yeah, I mean...
1: You quite liked Ross Falk. I, I quite mean, liked Ross Falk. I, mean, I this.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of did in, in the moments that he'd had under Frank. But then when he took that penalty, I think it was against Sevilla in the Champions League, which in a game we needed to win. And hit <laughs> the bar. That's where it all ended. His um, last
0: Premier League appearance before that, he was scoring a winner for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge.
2: Jesus. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. But look, looking at the game as a whole, like when you said, oh, I'm not too sure. This is a team that finish, finished sixth in the Championship. <laughs> And they haven't had any home games this season because they had to redo their stadium to I league standards. I didn't
0: know about their stadium.
2: Which means that <laughs> they haven't invested. They basically they've come up from the championship with exactly the same team with apart from a Chong and Barkley. Those are the players they're pinning all their hopes on for Premier League survival. And I don't. Pinning I don't, I I hopes on
1: Ross Barkley is a tough sentence to come out of someone's mouth, isn't it? Yeah. I West I Ham, hate to
2: break it to them, but
0: West Ham are getting <laughs> their first away game there, aren't they? It's Friday night. Under the lights.
1: I mean, that could be their only win of the season, just sheer force of <laughs> that our be... first home game, and like you said, under the lights. And it
0: might be the most West Ham thing ever if they were to go in there after just walloping Chelsea and Brighton and then... Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely
1: they're, right. They're taking a scalp
0: of one of the big boys there this season and it might be three of maybe five points they'll get, but mm. it's going to happen to someone.
1: They'll look at some of our uh, antics, I think, and go, you know what, maybe we'll have some of that.
0: Um, yeah, you get me. So... Gusto came in starting his second game in a row. Does he look the right kind of quality required to understudy Reese James? Because we said from the get-go, you're going to get a lot of games in from uh, from that place in the squad.
2: <laughs> yeah, he struggled. He didn't have a particularly brilliant start. He grew into the game a little bit better. And I know that, we've, that the money that's been spent on this team is ridiculous. <laughs> but you've got to remember the age of this team. I think we've got one of the lowest... Combined ages in the Premier League at 24. It's not younger than us. It's no, but it's what it's up there. Yeah. And when you consider that a lot of these players for you came in 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 kind of spits and spades into an already established team, we've had two seasons in a row where we've had completely new starting 11s, (laughs) so that we don't have that cohesion. The quality you can Most self-inflicted on. I was going to say yeah. it was, it was like a <laughs> yeah idea. yeah of, of course I'm not saying it isn't I'm I'm just saying that this is going to be a contributing factor as to why they're not going to look like well-been straight away. I think the more they play together, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. Michael Owen it again, but <laughs> this team will grow together as we have seen with others, and that is that is definitely the strategy they've gone down with having this younger team. It can look awful at times. Um, but then it can also look pretty fearless at times as well, which when we got our goals, I don't know how structured you want to be with Luton-Chelsea at 3-0, yeah. but when we got our goals, it did change everything completely. luton said went down, obviously, but then ours, our tails went up. I think we needed a win under our belt. I think if we'd gone three games with no win, then really it would have been a real mm. issue. Now, the way we were playing towards the end of that game, or even just in the second half with a bit more fluidity and freedom, Nick Jackson... I love this guy. He's, we haven't had this, this kind of striker for so long where he will take the ball on the half-term and just drive. It doesn't matter if it's Liverpool he's playing against or if it's Luton or whoever. He will just drive at whichever team and he's going to get better and better at doing that. The, the you had one on
0: the books and you let him go at 14 years old. He's now leading the line for Arsenal.
2: <laughs> there Chelsea's is, Eddie. Yeah, no, there is that. However... We're, we're, the only thing we've got to compare and contrast with is habits last year, and you can say that he's not a nine, and <laughs> we're play, you can say he's not a nine. We're playing him as a nine, but he's definitely not well, an eight. I'm
1: not sure what he is at this he's, stage.
2: he's a guy that wants to be considered an eight, but then refuses to do the eight things, which is be good at shooting from long range and be creative. So then you stick him at nine, thinking, well, that's where your position is. But then all he wants to do is get the ball and cut back and bring others into play. That's what we had all of our season, which was a lot of where our problems were laying, where, where I think we scored two goals from transitions in the whole of the season last season, which is the lowest in the Premier League. We just weren't good at that. You can see they were already capitalizing on some transitional play with Jackson and Sterling working really well together. That's what we've been missing. And it, the goals seem to, they will come. He's getting himself into areas.
1: I mean, he just, he'll just make the runs all day, won't it? It's the thing.
2: That's it. Whereas Habits would do a thing where, he'll make the run twice at the start of the game and if he wasn't if he getting the service off, he'd just be like right yeah. can't be asked to do that I'll go and look somewhere else for it whereas Jackson just seems like he will be there the amount of runs he was making when there was no pass on it feels like, like a
1: certain amount of Darwin about him but as well where like I just watched him I like things happen I yeah. can't really necessarily explain yeah, yeah. but do, things do seem to be happening around this guy yeah agrees
2: agrees so I come away from it being disappointed with the first half but really real positive signs in the second half that Now that we've had a few goals go in for us, I think that can really be built upon. I think West Ham, that that game gets played nine times out of ten and we win that game. That penalty goes in and we win it. It was just mental. So I think it's been a mixed bag start, but that is definitely some good foundations to build on.
0: I don't know if it's bait I do see on my timeline every time Jackson does something semi-good there's a Havertz comparison that's immediately there and hey Arsenal fans bite it every single time it's so I can bait. see why he you're doing Twitter is now being tailored to push for interactions so I think you're only going to see it's see more of that
2: It's going to be bait Havertz is a decent player but he isn't exactly what we needed as a nine I don't think he's exactly he's what not, you needed as a, as a midfielder. It seems like it's not what we needed as an HCA. So <laughs> he's so he's caught in the same in between, which we didn't quite know what to do with him, and it looks like.
0: We'll you, speak about him. Yeah.
2: What What do you put
0: the turnaround in Sterling's form down to?
2: Um, different midfields.
0: He said it's a new chef.
2: Give <laughs> <laughs> me that. Give me a new chef. The
0: Lukaku uh,
1: theory.
2: <laughs> I think that he knows that he's not on his own so much anymore he'll run into three players but he'll know that nick jackson's pushing up the line and creating space for him in other ways when he was at chelsea he was like right if he's in the right corner back, he is on his own no that midfield wasn't racing to get up to him because half of them were angling for leave, wanting to leave um and just didn't weren't invested Soda grew into the game he looked much better in the stats I saw I was come away from the game my Dad goes, Oh, these stats I was like, that that is pure Facebook fakery. There's no way that he won hundred percent of his jewels. Because we saw they him, said that he, they said he, that we saw him lose two of them. <laughs> just from the stand. Like that can't be right. They
0: said that after the game against uh, West Ham but they were saying he'd won like everything he challenged for just, like,
2: I just don't believe it it's all it. different to this <laughs> yeah, and, so. unless it comes from Opto I just can't believe it if it, if it's a, a photo on Facebook with it just superimposed on a photo I'm like what well, you really need to have to check this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not going to happen but the, the, the change in form is knowing that he's going to like for the last goal for example under our last midfield that ball goes out for a throw in Enzo takes it on his knee, well, takes it on his thigh, places it forward for Sterling to run onto and then he just knows someone's going to be at the back post. The amount of times that those balls were being made last season that were completely unheeded, where you're just crying out for someone to be there, I think that gives him more motivation to to actually try because what's the point in putting those balls in there if they're to no one? And I think it's just confidence as well. I
1: love love the attitude from Sterling. He's clearly looked at this and thought, I need to remind people how good I am at it because yeah. he's kind of got a man at Chelsea. We're talking about all these other players. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us probably necessarily thought Sturdy's going to have like a, a throwback year. I think mm-hmm. if, yeah. you, if you'd said that like a winger for Chelsea where we said, okay, does Mudrick's going to justify it mm-hmm. or something? And Sturdy's obviously looked around and thought, I really need to knuckle down here. And I think it can happen. With play- I think he just let last season just pass him by. I think it just kind of ended up being like a bit pedestrian whereas this year he's gone, right, this isn't happening. I'm, Kind of show sure everyone I'm the main guy again. Yeah. Even
0: the game that he had against Liverpool shouldn't Little really sharp. shouldn't really have been a big thing. That was like a standard Sterling game. It's just that we hadn't seen it for so long. Yeah. That a big thing was made of it, and, and I the, wondered
1: how much that was us. Yeah. You, if you want pockets of space in front of about back four, you, go yeah. on, you be our guest.
0: <laughs> we did say after that game that that result is going to age differently depending on what. Each of your sides go on to do, and at this stage, I don't know if that looks now a better result for Liverpool or a better result for Chelsea or a bad result for both of
1: you. Wait, like, I think we both probably came away thinking we could have nicked that. Yeah. So it's probably a draw is probably I, fair. I think from Chelsea's point of view, they could be they could have nine points realistic, like Jack said. Yeah. That a West Ham game could have flipped on its head. Yeah. Could have been us.
2: Yeah.
1: And maybe it's good for them they're not because maybe they might be getting carried away thinking. Y-
2: yeah. I, I, it's I a think, very
1: nice goal from Sterling.
2: Oh, it's brilliant. I mean.
1: It's, Your point about confidence is right with him at that as well. When he's not confident, it's horrible yeah, and he's yeah. never going to do that. Yeah, it's, But that's
2: what, he's, that's what he was good at before. We forget how good he was at driving into the box and then just placing it past the keeper. That was his M.O. And yeah, fair, it's fair play. It's how long
1: he can carry that on because then he does have a spell where he drops confidence just a little bit. It's not like he's that bad, but he doesn't want to take men on quite like he does at this point. Whereas yeah. Matt, like you said, he just picked up the ball and thinks three people ahead of me, no problem, I'll yeah, go yeah. past you like without thinking about it.
2: I think as well, that's what we lacked last season a lot of the time where it was very much get the ball to the winger, pass it back, mm. and then just passing it around. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you have that threat of dynamism, of that change of pace, of, right, okay, if you're going to sit in a low block in all you need positions, well, I'm just going to run through those positions. And then what that does Usually when we think of just breaking down a low block defense, you think of someone doing a really good pass or switching passes or so making a mistake. Now if you can add to your arsenal that, well, I'm worried about you dribbling past me, three players become closer and it creates more space for the pass. Whereas last season, no one was doing that. So it was a case of, right, we're just going to sit here because we know you're not creative enough to be able to pass it through us. And this changes the dynamic when you play against us now, which is which is great.
0: He wears it on his face as well, Sterling, when he is having a bad time or he's uh, sulking, <laughs> yeah, he very yeah, bad yeah, at that. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: Lewis Hall going to Newcastle. Yeah. The moves like this undermine what you say you're trying to build.
1: Yeah, is he just on loan or is this done? It's so loan it's an obligation,
2: obligation. obligation. So he's, yeah.
1: he's gone. Though. Yeah, okay. right.
0: Okay. So
2: yeah, pretty much. I because
0: think- he's been the guy that the last two seasons we've been told. You know, we've let a lot of these go, but when we're kind of sold on a talent. We keep them. We integrate them. And he was unlucky. I think what four of his first six games, he basically get chucked in against City it every well. single time.
2: He I mean, did well, yeah. But the way the way you got to look at it is that the way to fund all of this is going to come through academy graduates, right? The thing is, as well, we've got a sixty million pound mistake set in his position, which is
0: but my next question about that, him, and so that's the, not
2: going away. But you well, it looks also, like he might be. But this is it. But then you also think, like Ian Matson, right? Ian Matson is rated higher than Lewis Hall throughout the academy years. He's been on loan for longer. He's got more experience than Lewis Hall. They're they're putting all their bets on them. We're just unlucky that Lewis Hall is a fantastic player. But we've also got Ian Matson, and someone we spent £60 million on sat in his position. And we're thinking, right, if we can get some money for him now, then that £60 million in cookware is negated and we move on from there with Ian Matson still his pocket. Because what I was going to say... When we brings off Chilwell, is he a Matson that comes on? It's not Kukurella. Well, I
0: thought some of it was that Hall kind of found himself at left back. I didn't think he came through yeah. because he seems now he's been signed from Newcastle to play at left back. And so maybe it wouldn't be that he's competing with um Kukurella. I don't know what type of midfielder he was. Is it should it be that he was competing with, say, Gallagher for his yeah. position and yeah. that just hasn't happened? And as you say, Chelsea have to fund these moves somehow. We're, they're still in the market for a striker, which the way Pochettino speaking about the kind of striker he wants, it's probably not going to be a 20 million guy coming through the door. So
2: I, I find that really strange because Jackson does seem to be the guy But it's dragon. only him you've got. So. No, that is true. But we've got Broger as well. and I, I guess how much, how, <laughs> how, how much do you like hang on him coming back from an ACL injury that you're going to have the same
0: Well, I think with Broger you, you've shown... Um, Essentially you you believe in his talent enough for him to be an asset because you were in talks with him to go to West Ham last season, you were in talks with him to go to Newcastle, I believe, in that time and I can't remember who it was that he was on loan at. Southampton. Southampton. And they wanted him immediately after um he returned back. So I think you're getting him fit enough to sell and, you know, if he can score some goals to you in the meantime, mm. he doesn't look like someone that the noise has been you know, when he gets back, he's going to be competing for the shirt or whatever. That interview with Potch was horrible with him not knowing alongside. about oh. players.
1: Either someone brief him or Potch, you get the hell out of there. Don't be doing He's on a decent wage, He side. didn't even hide the fact he
0: didn't know. I'm sceptical. I saw a, a tweet saying that he's on 100 grand a week, which I find hard to believe. But he's on... a a decent wage you're paying yeah. him a wage basically oh, yeah. it'll,
2: be, it'll be like pretty around 40-50k so the goalkeeper
0: out. they asked about Poch played him in one of his first games as manager
2: he's no, no, played a, a lot, lot of
0: players right? it's,
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a short space of time but a lot of players it's got a lot on his mind what do you say it's, it's like
0: um he said it's like I've been punched and I'm stunned or something the, the, <laughs>
2: the thing is though
0: <laughs> The report- not, I don't have an answer for you shocked me
2: the report by the report- like
0: naming one of my players yeah. report- We well, said we were talking about Luton and now you're asking me about this
2: well this, this is the thing <laughs> a report has definitely done this to trip him up because why is he asking about yeah, yeah. a left back that's on loan at Strasbourg that hasn't played well, he can't game have free-
1: believed yeah. what he was given though the gold he was given off yeah, the, yeah. the journal could never have believed yeah. it would have gone that well <laughs> exactly
2: but he's done that thinking right Watch this. He's definitely giving his mate a nudge. That's like something
1: like punked, but you, he just reacted so brilliantly. Yeah. Like, this couldn't have gone better. Because you
2: can tell that Pochettino's thinking. That's not my player. He's trying to trip me up here. He thought, I'm not gonna play his game. He and in fact, he, he thought he thought he's made up a name, here. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to get me. Yeah,
0: exactly. He thought he was back at Southampton. He tried pretending he didn't know English again <laughs> yeah, for a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then once the, the translator's gone basically Melang Sar, he hasn't even tried to like sell this. The no he at all. just said Malang Sar and Pox, oh, I'm fucked here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. so done. <laughs> and then we, we mentioned um Cucurella, or rather, 60 million mistake. Not his full government name. Get um, on the back of the shirt. Mm. Apparently, United are in for him. They want him on loan. They're also in for Marcus Alonso, which is
2: incredible. That would be pure That'd carnage. That would fantastic. Like he, I, I heard about this link coming around coming right through in the car, and I was thinking, I think Dean Saunders was saying, oh yeah, has Alonso, been there in big games. He's... Um, <laughs> Uh, really kind of like experienced he'd be the one that you'd and I was like do, do, do you do remember we have we signed him as a midfielder to play wing back because we wanted him for a striking prowess and now and that we don't have centre
0: back yeah
2: and now that we don't <laughs> have him those goals that used to chip in at from left back actually we missed them especially from Chilwell's like decision not to shoot from six yards out <laughs> against Luton
1: like, that's not Instagram the guy that. That's it's, not
2: the guy that you want sat behind Anthony or Sancho. I'm, I'm telling you, that's not the guy what could he
1: do. Could defend in his prime and is no shot to boots. And he's thirty-two defend. years
2: old. Um, knowing that he's only going. to, Shaw's only out for six weeks. Knowing that he's not going to be starting afterwards. He's not going to no, care. No, they
0: reckon. They reckon it could be three plus months. Oh, really? Every
1: report says longer oh, has wow. been has been added onto it. I'm st- I'm the still panic like, over there like left back situation was incredible immediately after that like, we can have like no centre backs or something and be like we'll figure it out yeah. <laughs> so, whereas all, I'm seeing a timeline full of people like what are you not going to do about that left back situation like, why do we care why do we care that much I mean, <laughs> I, I'm still
0: a I'm still a believer in Kukurea. Um I'm not sure I'm a believer in him at Man United is maybe a, a, a bigger issue when I saw him linked to Newcastle I thought that's perfect I thought he'd be so good there. I
1: just I mean he was at his best at Brighton, getting forward and playing like left and field. At some point, we just said, "Right, well, we'll play him at left back or as a third centre half." And be mm. like, "No, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Play him what he was actually good at." Yeah,
0: I he think played centre back th- with with a level of regularity for Brighton, but he was playing there in a five, and ultimately he he, he had, had a lot had of some freedom. Free- of yeah, he had
1: just some. He was like, "Tuka wasn't giving." I, him that. I think
2: as well when you look at the system that we're playing, where we're literally creating cheerwell as like a floating winger, almost, and we sin what can happen when it goes wrong against Luton. It's like, if if that's not Luton and that's we're nil nil and that's against a big team, I'm worried. I'm not saying that Chua can't shoot because he has scored some good goals. He took his goal well. It was all all dis- disallowed against Liverpool well. And he scored against Seville. But it would seem that, like you said, his strong points are not defending, obviously, but mm. just being good enough to get by defending-wise and then floating around creating some good passes. People forget he had a decent start to life at Chelsea. His passing was really quite impressive, but then as the days went on and the games went on, he just looked completely devoid of any confidence and talent.
0: Well, I think I think you saw he had a fantastic game when you played uh, the second leg against Dortmund mm. in the Champions, and it's not good when I'm singling a single game out from like February. Yeah, but I don't know that there, there is uh, there There's is a player, a player still, in still in there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I do think.
0: I saw um, someone online trying to make Chilwell's thing sound more complex than it is, and I know he's getting forward more than you'd expect. They're like, it's weird because he's playing as a left back, but he's also getting forward a lot as well. And someone said he's a wing back. You're, you're describing <laughs> a wing back. I just think if you weren't sold on Cookeray at all, surely you you push and tell Man United they have to buy him. Loaning him seems like you want to maybe get more for him in the future, but. Looking at how desperate United are, I'd say take them for all the cash you can and hope for the best. Because I think with Hall...
1: Oh, they weren't overspent. They'll, <laughs> they'll give you a take-or-leave-it
0: offer and three times, maybe. Internally at Chelsea, the decision with Hall has to be, he's a good player, but he's a player that we can live without. And we think that the money that we're getting, which is up to about 32 34 million, I think, you're basically saying, we think we can either get someone better for that money or... We won't miss him for that money.
2: No, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the latter. In this day and age, who if Charles are going to buy him for thirty million, that is going to. That's what makes that it, does it does so much
1: more weird, though, doesn't it? Yeah, like, the way Charles fans have talked about this uh, this kid as well, I just we, we it lo- just seems odd.
2: We loved him for last season but Ian Mattson has been on Chelsea fans' radar for the last six, seven years because he's just been that good.
1: I was about to say, can you not play this of midfielder, but then I looked at you midfielding. and yeah, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe but not Not so much. This That's why I said it. the Gallagher
0: thing, but Hall's family are all Newcastle fans I've seen. So right, there's okay. all the pictures yeah, there's, of him in Newcastle yeah, and the Newcastle kit. The only thing
1: being, I do understand the selling of academy players because they're obviously worth nothing on the books, so it's all profit, and it funds some of the other stuff. But some of it is a bit like, well, oh, we've We've got to use this to fund these signings. So we don't have to make these signings. Yeah, so no, if yeah. he's like a really good young player, you do not have to go out. It's kind of like Boney didn't get told. Like you don't have to spend this money. You don't yeah. have to. He's got no, no. We've got they, to spend. They are think, they
0: justifying it? Is that we're in this situation now, so this is why we have to sell him there? But then they they bought <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: trying to make some I mean, sense. There's yeah, a they, lot of. I, I think look if Paul breaks out, at uh, like before we even think of Kukurea, we don't do it. I think they probably didn't realise we had Ian Matson on the books as well. I genuinely... <laughs> Literally I, didn't even realise yeah, he was I, there. I genuinely think they wouldn't have realised. Should have put that to part in the presser while he was <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> because like, we've been raving about Ian Matson for years. He was kind of at the next Mount, after we saw Mount getting through and coming through. But the people that we were raving about in the Academy put that kind of thing. And this was the next guy that we were all just fixated on. And... It just turns out that he is actually probably as good as we thought he was going to be and hopefully he gets better.
1: Much like us, the dressing room is never going to be big enough for Martin Kelly and John Flanagan. One of <laughs> yeah. them is going to have to go. We just couldn't happen.
0: If I'm yeah. if I'm a journo now, I'm chucking a fake name at Poch in the next presser, yeah. like a Bart Simpson prank call. Because <laughs> he's going to be so desperate to know who it is that he's going to say, oh, I'm not too sure. And when I say, think he's a good player, though? Oh, yeah, he's a fantastic
1: player. Yeah, I feel like we'll Now, Posh has to fully it. lean into it and go, yeah, I've done the half this, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he has to because
0: otherwise they're going to cook him. Let's talk about Brighton West Ham performance of the weekend for me. West yeah. Ham completing only 60 passes all game to Brighton's plus 400 is, that is ball, what the league is all about, really. Two goals of real quality. James Ward Price getting on the score sheet again. That Jared Bowen goal. Is as good as you'll see all year. I love that goal. I loved it at a time. Yeah, by I've put a note in my phone. When I see a goal better than that this season, I'll take it. I'll take the note out. Just I want to keep more of a radar for goal of the season this year. We get to the end, and I'm not just having to watch the goals of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, the ten that someone's picked onto it. Yeah.
0: No, I think it's just there is. We we spoke last week about why does everyone now think they have to have an inverted fullback? United were trying it with Luke Shaw and it made no sense. And David Moyes is basically saying, fuck your
2: fullbacks,
0: (laughs) long ball. And Ben Ramu came on as a sub. Look up, and it's so good in real time because you could see with the angle they had, Bowen waving for the ball. The pick out is unreal. Whenever you see a player just kill a touch dead like that, and then in one touch after there's there's goals that people see like Burkamp's goal comps are made up of that basically this incredible first touch and then one more bang and we're in the net yeah yeah that controlling it from there the composure to do it in the moment it's just yeah so good way at Brighton as well West Ham I know the big thing with their fans that they'd never beat them in the Premier League 1-0 hmm. up so tough Brighton didn't really show up and we said last season that every so often they chuck one of these Throw games in, in yeah but yeah Unreal. And then the celebration topped off just ice cold in front of them. He, he ticked all the boxes. He did the uh, obviously yeah. I was going to do that, <laughs> kisses the badge, and then lets a roar out as well. So, yeah, he, he had the Colonel playbook Mises. to work
1: through and, and then- he didn't come back to bottom like Richarlison. And <laughs> replicated it with the assist for the Antonio one as well. The touch and then the pass for that is just a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when,
0: we, when we've been speaking about this game this weekend, it's basically me bigging up the bow and goal and. You're like following in to remind about the touch for yeah, for the for the assist. Like
1: and we've after, just been going around cornering people, telling them how good this West Ham thing was. <laughs> well, we we had. Uh, you didn't see it. Oh, you wait.
0: Gonna... We we saw uh, Steve again on uh, Saturday night for the first time in a while, Stand and he was late. like, "You need to get me back on the pod." And I was like any time, we do it in person now. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, at some point, maybe <laughs> everyone's remember that boiling hot kitchen for four. <laughs> tough. But. Yeah, Antonio, you see them... uh, It's about possessed. Well, you got it a lot in COVID, I think, when we were just fiending for football and we had some other variations from Troy, which you won't go into on here. But you would see the start of like a play and then you would say, basically, what happened next? I think they used to do it on Soccer AM maybe at some point. You could have shown me Antonio's last two goals and I would never have picked that the ball is ending up in the back of the net in the fashion that it does. In fact, when he did it against uh, Chelsea... I said to someone else as a Chelsea fan, I said, you can maybe feel a little unfortunate in that he can try that another hundred times and he's not finding the same finish. And then a week later he's gone, what do you mean I wasn't finding the same finish? Anytime you see a big centre forward just bully a centre back like that and Webster had a horrible game. He loses the ball for the first goal, getting battered like that for the third one. Yeah, just... Antonio just seems to have realised that I'm oh, a big, powerful man. I like, can actually kick it really hard as well. And again, firing low across the keeper. Just, yeah, unreal performance. And,
1: uh, it's going to be a tough few weeks for Callum Wilson on that podcast today as if his things carry on like this. <laughs> Antonio boiling out and Wilson just coming off for 20 minutes. Well,
0: yeah, Wilson used to make jokes in there. I would see the clips pop up of basically Antonio being on the bench. And then it was kind of, oh, we're both on the bench and now. <laughs> Life comes at you first. Yeah, And Mummy's I mean, I don't know what your dad thought of this one. Was he, you know, you were quite negative again, so
1: I think I think he was happier with this one, yeah, than the Chelsea one where he complained we didn't try to win. It's like, you won free one. We didn't play we didn't play to win. So. the same You won.
0: The same people that have been bigging up De are also the same people that take real joy in every time he loses a game and it's like, this is the guy, and this is this simple David Moyes, he does it this easily. I won't overlook... You're talking about Richard Keats? <laughs> Third best manager in the Premier League, Derby Picked apart by David Moyes like that. I've not forgotten that. He was pointing a Jack there for the listeners. Yeah. But then, I've has been accused. 17th best in the league, also got a result against uh, the second best in the league for me. So <laughs> I've just realised that after making my point.
2: <laughs> I think as well, I've said this last season, I think, where Brighton and Newcastle to some extent... Are both gonna be they're gonna be played against like big boys now, Mm. and they're not gonna have the same leeway as they had like Brighton versus West Ham a couple of seasons ago. No one's tuning in to watch it, but like probably prior pot, even just even the start of his reign, but no one's tuning in to watch it. It's probably one of those ones that you'd pick up last on match of the day, and that'd be that. Whereas now, teams are gonna prep. Not they didn't before, but West Ham have definitely gone there with a game plan and thinking, right, we're just going to low block you and we're going to hit you where it hurts. And the problem is they don't have world-class centre-backs to be able to be isolated against Derek Bowen. And if they get that, opposi- that chance because their whole team's in the opposition's half, they're going to get picked apart and results like this will probably become a bit more few, uh, a lot more kind of common.
1: They oh, they have lost Kosey, McAllister, Caldwell, <laughs> whoever as well. So it's kind of, they've started the season well, which is remarkable, but then ultimately over the course of a season, we probably are going to see that. Yeah. There's only so many times they can nail every transfer as well. You know, when they, I can't remember who they signed this week, I forget his name. Yeah. But everyone's sort of going, well, he'll be off to Chelsea in yeah. 12 months or whatever for 100 million. you know. Maybe, but or he might shit the bed. The, the, the best case scenario for them is that he ends up going to Chelsea. That means he's been great. This guy
0: they've just signed has like 30 pro appearances as well. So they've kind of gone with like Caicedo and said, we'll get him now, but Come back fire, but hey, we'll think, talk about that on our transfer deadline day show, so uh, I think it's why I just, yeah.
2: just to like liken that with the Liverpool Newcastle performance that was almost like a coming of age opportunity for Newcastle where it's like, right you've gone down to 10 we're going to impose ourselves onto you big boy situation and they just didn't do it they got scared and yeah. it's, it's almost the same similar to what happened at Brighton well, goals weren't going in chances weren't coming and they just got a bit worried and then got picked up by an informal stamps
1: I guess we don't speak about it much because of, they're always, you know, the breath of fresh air isn't deservedly doing great, I'm Brighton great. Mm. Probably similar to what you said there with, towards the top four race last year. Kind of every time it looked like they might press the neck, they'd slip up, they'd get a result. Look, maybe that's just, we're expecting too much of Brighton. That is, you know, it's unfair. But, if you're there, you're there. Yeah. They did get jobbed in which... that one
0: against Spurs as well. which huh? is That one they got jobbed in against Spurs, which would have taken them into... I mean,
1: they had some bad luck, you know, if you invited, didn't they? But then, you know, seen you an... can't explain the effort in game. You no. go, well, that can't be out if I've you're five in the top 4
0: an old interview with Moyes, and it makes sense, because whenever we go to Brighton, we basically say, I know that's how you want us to play you, but we're quite confident that we do what we do better than you do what you do, Yeah. and let's do that. There's an old Moyes interview that I saw doing the rounds where he basically says, football's quite a simple game for me. What do they not want us to do? And let's do it, basically. Because Brighton, basically, they encourage you. They do this thing with their centre-backs where the ball gets played in, they put their foot on the ball, and they encourage you to press onto them. And then the second you get within a certain vicinity they spread the pitch and they're on you and they, in transition, they're just insane. Yeah. Moyes basically said, have as much of it as you want and no, then I'm when they excited. get it in certain areas, they yeah. would just straight down the flanks, ball in the box.
1: The thing is, it's not like, it's not like West Ham are like a shit watch. It's not like you go to me and go like, oh God, this is like, what well the, who described it as medieval football at that time?
0: If, uh, it, was, it was it was Jose, it was, was it? Jose against uh, Big Sam, I think that's, and, that's Some because that's from Jose, <laughs> Alavice <laughs> said uh, he can't
1: take it without tactics. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> but it, yeah, you watch West Ham; it's not it's a different style to someone like Brighton. But it isn't like they don't know how to play. They've got players in there as well, so it's a good mix. It's kind of I said it before with Brentford; like Brentford aren't just like longboard merchants now they can mix it mm. but that's kind of what you probably have to do like, doing a really bad Man City impression isn't good it's gonna, it's not going to go well for you As for, I don't know Burnley ask them for an example yeah. who have tried it the first few games they're like you're going to have to change this lads because that's not going to happen
0: West Ham are great because they're not defensively good enough that you aren't going to see goals against them and they also yes. have enough of a punch that they carry it into the games. I think i got the Moyes quote rounded the wrong way. We basically says, what do they want us to do and what we'll do the opposite. I think you got it. So, there we, we go. Um, Mike Dean. So, he was interviewed by Simon Jordan this week and I said, your guy? Pair of people there. And, during that interview, he mentioned the Chelsea Spurs game last season with the Romero Airport, which we came on here. I believe Alex was still doing the pod at the time. He's very gleeful to Jack about it afterwards, I think.
1: Nasty.
0: He basically spoke about how he stepped down from VAR because he spoke too much during games. And he said, the ref's trying to do a job with an earpiece in, and he's in his ear just talking nonsense. I can't imagine that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, type character?
0: It sounds like maybe carried on doing that and he should have (laughs) taken his own lead because he decided not to be a referee anymore and still carried on talking far too much yeah And um, on this occasion he essentially says he didn't send Simon Hooper
2: Anthony Taylor Anthony Anthony Taylor Taylor. Anthony (laughs) Taylor (laughs) hey so maybe
0: it wasn't Taylor's fault the whole time your beef is with Mike Dean
2: I I did see mock-ups after the Liverpool game of Anthony Taylor in a Chelsea shirt and I was like no 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 (laughs) this is our
0: thing this is our
2: thing you can't take our thing
0: but Arsenal fans hate him as well and you say that he's an Arsenal fan so it's I I mean
2: the Sanchez one in the FA Cup final where he handballs it into his own path for the goal
0: his his arm was up here which you actually find is a natural it's a natural position (laughs) if you're trying to catch it
2: Uh, anyway
0: offside I believe was the question as well so there, there was a lot going on um he says, I think I didn't want to send him up because I didn't want any more grief than he already had. So
2: ultimately, well, good.
1: <laughs>
0: it's your own fan's fault for hating him. Hating. They've just been a bit nicer.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: it's insane. And all it's done is give some credence to what we all believe happens anyway, that it's a big boys club, that they protect each other. Yep. And he's then come out and said it. And then afterwards, you don't get to take it back and go, I think you're all over-exaggerating this a little bit. What his his defence on Sky Sports was if I would said colleague and not mate, then no one then no one would have cared. And so, no, we
2: definitely would have yep, still. Not I think
0: I would. Yeah. <laughs> he said also well I say mate, he was like, "There's people at your work that you know you might not like all of them, but if you're having a conversation, then you would say, you know, my mate over there." It makes no sense. That's what got he's nothing saying. to do with
2: it, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Corruption is corruption. And
0: very quickly they're all just trying to say no, that's not the case. They put a statement out to say you know all these processes are adhered to. Give us the audio. Give us the audio from that moment. Yeah. And then let's see what happens. Yeah. And they aren't going to do it. They had that really performative piece on Monday Night Football where they showed us the audio from ones where they got decisions right. And it was, well, that's not what we want to see. Yeah. We want to see how you came to this wrong decision. Or we at least want to know how you came to this decision that we feel boat. is wrong. You've got to sum it, surely. It's the- and it's it's ridiculous. I hated him as a ref. I thought. Putting him in a little booth with all the power was even worse.
1: And you still can't escape him. They put him on Sky Sports now. Yeah, like like we want to hear from him. I don't who's asking for that? I who's couldn't going believe enough, the reaction
0: when it. he went on Peter Crouch's podcast and people were saying what a great crack he was. And I thought, I'm not even gonna to listen to that because I can't stand the bloke. Yeah. We do not need to hear from referees. No. And that was a man who was accused
1: constantly of being the main character on the pitch. And if you listen to him yeah. on, on these interviews, it's like that's absolutely what you are. Yeah. You are absolutely. I think we said at the time you shouldn't be able to say that's so, Mike Dean. That
0: that should not be a thing that we that we should no, say. It should
1: be celebrated. And I think
0: we, I think Michael Oliver is of the same cloth in how much he thinks of himself. But then I think they're all. Sh- we had Paul Tierney at the weekend, and he's one. I shouldn't wince when you see a referee's name pop up. Yeah,
1: it's tricky. Is we're getting with all of them, aren't we? The the thing with even if you. The problem with what Mike Dean said is, even if you get the audio or whatever, it's not even necessarily what they're saying. It's the thought process behind this. Is It's not about, and they hide behind, this is the law, this is what I've got to uphold. That's clearly not the first thing that's in your mind. You were thinking, boy, he's had a tough game today. I'll, f- I'll try and uh, help him out. That shouldn't come into it. It doesn't afterwards, matter.
2: Yeah, but this is what I didn't get about the whole thing is that you're trying to help him out. By letting him make an even worse decision that yeah. he's already made. Well, that's what, what he, he said. said. He's Again. already
0: he he like, had had a good game and he didn't want to ruin it. He said in another interview.
2: I mean he hadn't because he's supposed to send someone else off a camera. Yeah, happened, but he missed a red card. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's trying to get him like no more flack. It's like well that's not can't be your concern going it. Yeah. but also it's framed through like sort of the prism of well actually I was a really good referee but I just couldn't do VAR because it's two different skills. I appreciate there's two different skills that's going into this thing, but if your thought process whilst you were a VAR was I've gotta see if I can help my mate out. What does that say about what your thought processes were at various times when you were refereeing games? It says yeah. it's clearly at the best muddled. If you
0: think, oh I've had a pretty good game to now, Yeah. do I want to get that decision Don't wrong? Be given that. And yeah. so benefit yeah. of the doubt, let's let's ride with it. It just makes no sense the whole way through. He's made it more difficult for all of his mates now. We've been yeah, saying it, them we've been saying it for so long, I can't believe that they haven't just flown in the best referees in the world and just giving them the duty of doing it. We had moments during the World Cup and but we didn't have this many moments during the World Cup where we were picking apart each referee's performance. No. The VAR we weren't doing the same, but the guy, um I forget his name, I, I should have it ingrained in my mind that forgot to draw the lines when we played Brentford last season, who they fired at the time. He they just brought him back in a job and he's now the lead uh Teacher, basically for Is your guy John Moss. No, it's not. But they, it's they've they've made this guy the he's now the the lead teacher for the new officials coming through and teaching them how to use VAR. And it's like, how does that one work? But it's just jobs for the boys. It's just keeping them going. You knew that was going to be a thing because they fired him because of the pressure from Arsenal, I guess, and and the wider footballing world. And then a couple of games we had after, it was like. Some of these decisions, someone's taking a bit out on us here. And it's going to be a thing.
1: It, I mean, you can't take the emotion If you out get someone sacked, yeah, then their mates are going to take yeah, it out on exactly. you. exactly. That's what I mean. You can't, you can't, as a fan base, you can't have it sort of both Well, ways. no, I, I said at the time, but you then wanted... also,
0: how can you employ someone that can't do the one thing they're employed to do? None of us would get away with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so it was yeah. mental. But then the guy who was doing it for the Brighton game that forgot that drew the line in the wrong place. Ugh. I think he had a week off and then he was back in it.
1: That's Yeah, that's the thing. There's no real punishment. If they're going to try and be like, respect the refs and stuff like that, well, you're going to have to face the same sort of scrutiny as players are going to get. If they're going to get an extra ban, like the talk of obviously extending Verge's ban because he mouthed off to the fourth official. I think he said something as bad as a fucking joke, which whew, I imagine is making your hair curl that blue language like that. Something that I should have said earlier. I read that it's only a one game
0: ban because it wasn't dangerous play. When I thought it, it was just a three game ban, basically They
1: must have changed that relatively reason. Yeah, because I saw it's a one game ban. Yeah. But they said they might make it a free game anyway, so <laughs> great. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: And then they'll wonder why Klopp's then in, like, riled like yeah, the next time, or
1: something next time they play. But that's the whole point. Well, this is all going on that Mike Dean said this whilst they're trying to do a respect the rest sort of campaigns. Like well, how do you how do you do that?
2: Surely he would have asked like for permission. Well, so he would have told someone. I know he doesn't work there anymore. I like think the an fact answer. that he's
1: recently left employment there and then goes on a podcast and says it, I don't think that's a coincidence. No. A guy who, like you said, clearly loves the sight of himself on the camera, the sound yeah. of his own voice, I think it's quite deliberate. Is
0: it, is it not part of it? Even when the audio does come out, I mean, we we do this every week and we have the ability that if Jack says something so egregious, then I can chop it out after the fact. I have to do it on a weekly basis.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but... <laughs> If it wasn't and we were doing this live, there are things you're going to say and there's things you're not going to say. Yeah. And so I would be quite aware of that if I was in a VAR booth in that, okay, this audio now might be being played to someone else. So even if I, if I think something's You'd be maybe on the line of it, then I would say, maybe I don't bring that up. Or maybe I say it differently. Or if I want to spare someone's blushes, just pretend that thing hasn't happened and we just go past it.
1: So you're saying that's gonna be a problem if you have live audio?
0: I think that it's not necessarily an easy fix. I think it's just I don't just think it's that, a fix all, no. No, I think it's just it's some of the decisions it. you may just miss some things out, or you may get the other way, and because it's being said out loud, they're gonna feel they can't acknowledge something while not giving it as a foul or whatever.
1: The tricky thing with this is it just like you say, it reinforces a lot of sort of feelings people have about it. But also it's like this is where the officials you start losing sympathy of someone who I would say I have some level of sympathy. For example, if we were playing the audio of the Van Dyke decision-making process, fifty percent of people are going to be raging. <laughs> They're going to go, "You're <laughs> a fucking joke. You don't know what you're talking about." Because there's split opinions on this decision, and we've all watched it a hundred times. You aren't going to, you aren't going to win. So
2: I, think I do have some
1: sympathy for them. But then it's when they can't acknowledge when they do make a mistake, whatever. They try and just go, "Well, we apologise and that's it. Move on." Hmm. Well, well, hang on a minute, it doesn't quite add up, does it?
0: Did you like them reading the decisions out during the Women's World Cup? Because I, I hated that. I, I thought, it, thought
1: it was. I was indifferent towards it. it I didn't, didn't think it so, made the most
0: difference, it, good or bad. It felt like the NFL when they were doing it. Like the penalty against England in the final, I thought the way the way she was announcing that with the build-up, I don't like that. We, If we've gone to a decision, then we kind of know what the decision is going to be about. We see it on the screen or whatever. I'm not sure it's going to help I just didn't feel the most benefit. I no. thought, you know, if you go
1: to the screen, then you go and point to the penalty spot or you say penalty. I don't Anthony
0: know. Taylor's there at Stamford Bridge, mic'd up, explaining why there's a penalty going against Chelsea. I'm not sure that's going to be going down <laughs> The well. going to
1: be very busy going, uh, sorry for anything you heard on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the
0: All right, Arsenal against Fulham. New season and we're still chucking the ball in our own net at home, which <laughs> mm. isn't a good way to start games. I think we've now equaled the amount of times we've conceded in the first minute. In the last season, we've done it as many times as we had from 1993 until now. Blimey. And anything you're trying to do is just completely undone from that stage. I will say, if this had happened probably six months from now, I would have felt a lot different to how I... When it happened against Southampton, it was like, the walls are coming in. (laughs) My life is over. And here it's off. It's a few weeks, sake. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I when I saw the team sheet, it was again. Oh, what the hell is going on here? Why is this? Why is Gabriel not back in there? Why is Inchenko not back in there? I, I had Trossard started, which I think people were, were mostly happy with, and I would have thought him coming off at half time for that not to even really be a talking point says how things went after half time. Yeah, Jesus, he he was it wasn't good and then Eddie obviously comes on and was very good Mm. I'm not seeing enough change with party at right back and everyone else then playing a different position on Saturday our back four was Kivior Saliba at left centre back Ben White and then uh, party that was four people playing outside of their best position and then you think think Ben
1: White's a right back now
0: I think that's his best position now. I do, because I think him alongside Saka, the way he knows when to overlap, when to underlap, the passes that he exchanges with Odegaard in midfield, I think there's such a difference there. He knows the job perfectly when he slides across when Zinchenko goes in. I would have him a
1: right back. I was just interested that you thought that was now his position. It's, well, I think I think it's his position in this team. Yeah, like, Whether that's his strongest position. Okay, yeah. So room.
0: if um, for England, I think he would be a centre-back.
1: for the fault in that team, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah I think in this Arsenal team this is where he should be playing Kivior I think I said was good in preseason and then I saw Timber in that position and he looked like someone playing at another level so that opened up a few things to me I think he I think he plays how he looks he he look, he he look comes across as a very passive defender and we've had those before and there's a difference between being passive and being calm at the back mm. and I don't think you can be a passive fullback I think you can be that a centre back and it's one of Van Dijk's best strengths is how calm he is in where he knows when to uh, interact and all of those things maybe not so much except places. for that lunge
1: at the weekend <laughs> yeah. as, as Neville pointed out but to me
0: when we went through like the amount he was tackling every season and we couldn't believe it yeah you, you can't do that when you're out wide no and Kivu, and I, he was by far the worst player on the pitch but it, it was just a thing play your best team and what is best positions. <laughs> so what it seems to have happened, and I think you can go back to his interviews at the end of last season, Arteta seems to think that the way our title charge came to an end wasn't because Saliba got injured and it wasn't because we started chucking the ball in our own net. It was because teams just at once said we've gotten on to what they're doing, we've worked them out. And all see all pre season he kept speaking about unpredictability and we're gonna have all these different systems that no one's gonna know how to do. And so when we do choose to play how we played last season, they aren't going to see it coming, basically. In principle, I think you can look at the simple stats from each of our first three games and you can say, we aren't conceding that many big chances. We should be scoring more goals. We're having more of the ball. We're having more shots. That makes perfect sense. But it just seems so clunky. Erdegaard's on the ball less. We're having... The fullbacks aren't able to overlap because parties into midfield, so the fullback on the left is coming across. They then can't support Martinelli down the flank. So Martinelli is just being isolated out there. He's got two wingers up against him. And I said earlier, he's not the trickiest of wingers. He's just he's willing and he's very good at what he does. But he isn't going to put it through your legs, and he's not going to flick it around the outside of you. He's going to knock it around the side of you and run onto the other end of it. We're missing big chance. It looks like a team that isn't flowing. And then on 70 minutes. He brought on Zinchenko, he brought on Fabio Vieira, and Eddie had come on at half time. Eddie was being Jesus light very well. <laughs> Zinchenko immediately looked like someone there is a difference in being a midfielder and being a midfielder at fullback. And he just had it nailed on. I can I can forgive him for losing the ball to Adama Triore from an errant pass that we then concede from a corner from because We shouldn't be conceding from the corners. Zinchenko, if you're asking someone to play the majority of your progressive passes, then he's going to lose it at some stage. It just, it feels very clunky at this stage. And so much of that is being pinned on Kai Havertz. I'm not sure how much of that is fair, but I also think, I wasn't expecting him to hit the ground running. And I think, I think I said last week, it would have been a real indictment on Chelsea if he came straight into this team and looked like a 65 million pound man. Odegaard, you can go back and find the tweets of people. There's people wanted James Madison in the team over Odegaard, a vastly different player after six months of Odegaard. Mm. And now he's probably our best player. And I think if you asked any manager in the league, do you want to swap your eight for him? Most of them are going to say, yes, we'll take him. Yeah. Other than maybe Man City, who at this stage, would probably take him because De Bruyne's... His in- intact. It's just... It's very strange. Havertz, and um, I've said this to TK, I'm not sure if when we were recording or not, there's a real patience with him until we don't have room for patience. And so the opening game of the season, everyone was happy to see what he was doing. You know, he's doing this, he's running there, he's whatever. They pulled a goal back to 2-1. And it was, why is he not doing that? Why is he not doing that? The game on uh, Monday, I thought, maybe his best game for us in in what he did and it's maybe interesting there to say the best thing he was doing was pressuring and he had one very good pass that Martinelli should have scored from I think the things that we said Havertz isn't going to offer that Xhaka offers have perhaps been the things he's been best at defensively he's been better than I think anyone gave him credit for. Energy-wise, I think you probably would have known that better than a lot of Arsenal fans, that he does keep running. It's maybe just not intelligently the whole way through. And the things we thought he was coming in for, we thought he was going to be a version of Erdegaard, and we we're going to have two of them in the middle of the park. We're going to knock it around everyone, and we're going to be a really fun team to watch, we're going to be fast and all of this. And he just looked like he was playing scared. He got dragged off by Arteta, and for Arteta to come for you in his press conference after says that he's expecting a lot more because he's ultimately living and dying by him at this stage. Saliba takes four players out of the game when we're chasing the game, fizzes it into Havertz who plays like a wall pass straight back to Declan Rice and it made no sense to do it there. Horrible. And at this stage, Erdegaard had a game like that and he came out of the team for six weeks. remember there was, we just signed him and we were questioning... And we were playing this like 4 system and he was shifting him out, basically say he was coming on for Saka at the end of games. And then he came back in, I think against Villa, and he had a worldie and he's been back in the team ever since. Havers might need some time out of the team to learn the system or whatever because at this stage, I don't see what you're doing that Smith-Rowe can't do. And there's going to be a lot more patience for one of them than there is for the other. Yeah. And for what we're asking you to do, there's going to be a lot more patience for that. Fabio Vieira... He was unbelievable. He's a man who, if you read his name out and Arsenal fans were being honest, probably would have groaned at him coming on the pitch. Like, yeah, I text my uncle saying, this is not the answer. And then he came on and probably had maybe his best 20 minutes in an Arsenal shoot. Definitely. He was very direct. He was getting on the ball. He was lively. He was shooting when the, when the space opened up. He was demanding it. He was he running in behind. looked up for it, didn't he? Yeah. Like body language and that's course. what we've been asking for. I don't think he's ever going to be bulky enough to regularly play there and it helped the game state we were in was that we were chasing the game and so it was wide open for him. But I think...
1: That ball for the Eddie goal is... Yeah. Sensational.
0: And that's in such a split moment and what I really like when I watch Match of the Day back today and Eddie calls for it and in a split second the pass has been made and like he is the main character, Vieira just freezes up and he just stands and he just folds his arms like <laughs> like it's just like a boss move that he's done and it's just so good but when he's throwing up bicy kicks in stoppage time that man was feeling himself yeah. and he very nearly seals the game with a with a shot his shot's always a bit too central would be a criticism I'd have they all seem to be right down the keeper's throat but mm. the way he strikes the ball is probably better than anyone in the team in yeah. terms of how he puts his foot through it clean it's yeah. It's just the technique is just perfect every time, and if we can get him in those positions, Havertz. I think, are, we don't really have any eights in this team now. We kind of got Eirikgard is the closest to. It. We've got like a collection of tens and a collection of sixes, and Rice and Eirikgard are the closest to fitting that eight, but they're like a six point five and a eight
1: point five, and lost a few people with some maths there. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's just very very strange and I understand Arteta would say well we should be three wins from three games just we switched off two moments they had three shots they scored twice mm. but I if we go against that with Man United party's there and that's Rashford down his flank we're playing into their hands in everything mm. that they hope to do mm. and people seem confused that the Emirates isn't jumping and bouncing in gleeful now well people have expectations now it isn't we're happy to be here it's a different
1: story isn't it yeah
0: and the game state has to be there to be jumping and cheering. We we were there for the Forest game and people are singing non-stop until it's 2-1 and then it's... Well, actually, this isn't really the circumstance for me to be singing... Everyone's starting to get a bit tense, isn't 60 it? 60 million yeah. down the drain, Kai Havertz scores again. Suddenly <laughs> it's like, well, maybe we're not, not going to be doing that. Arteta obviously saw something in Havertz and it's... what is Is Havertz doing now what Arteta wants from him just not to the highest level, or is Havertz not doing what Arteta wants him to do? Because in three games, he's probably had a good game, a bad game, and an all right game. That's, and the Forest game would be what I would say was the all right game.
2: Yeah. That, and yeah. that—that's what Kai Havertz is.
0: But you're, for 65 million, but, then we're asking for more than that.
2: Yeah, but this—this this is the problem. Is that was his level at Chelsea, where he'd have a great game, and he'd be like, right, okay, let's see if he can build on that, and then he'd have an average game, his confidence goes down massively and then I'll have a shit game and everyone gets on his back and then it'll just kind of be like average for the next eight games and then the cycle will start again. He's never, the only his main moment was winning the Champions League and that's what, that is a brilliant thing to dine <laughs> out bad, on. Yeah. But if he hadn't have done that, I genuinely think we'd be talking about Kai Habits in a very different light. It's like how his Chelsea time ended He has some big moments. But like I said to you earlier, it's just a case of he's not willing to do the things that would make him an eight. So people make him a nine. But then he's also not good at being a nine.
0: So That's why I disagree because it looks like he's willing to do it, but he can't do it, which is worse. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know if it's, it might just be learning the position. At this stage, Half the team, they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there is that. The the, the system was built on repetition, and Ben White spoke about it re- recently, and he said that we've been drilled to the point, and I'm sure a lot of teams are like this. That I can make this run or I can play this pass without looking because I know that player is going to be there. Yep. The way this is, we didn't play this system for most of preseason, and so people just seem confused. Have it um, Saka playing that back pass is Ben White is supposed to be there, but Ben White is pushed up. Because party hasn't gone central yet, and we don't really know who the right back is supposed to be in this area, and then one pass, and I don't know—is it if it's bad goalkeeping from Ramsdale, or if it's he's been caught out by a miskick, basically? Like I don't know if that's Artes is going to look at that and say that's enough justification for me
1: to get you out or not. I couldn't work out if it. Was if he's bad looking for an excuse to get him out, it will be. So that's, that's where you'll see the answer of
2: that. I've tried to have a look at this as well because there's been times where like, anyone's played and you've gone to read the shot and the striker's completely spooned it, and it's made you look like a fucking idiot, essentially, where you know where it's supposed to go and that's where you're going. I would actually, as much as I'm a critic of Ramsdale, I would genuinely be on his side here. Because
1: logic... Union back in force. Lo- lo- logic- <laughs> yeah, week off.
2: Logic dictates that he's trying to bend it far corner because that's where the angle is.
1: That's why I think it's a nice finish. Yeah. Because you assume he's going to get for the lob or that far corner, Yeah. and he obviously spots that near post.
2: No one's. Expect- I don't
1: think he's meant to do what he's done. I, I, I reckon. I reckon he's. I reckon he's looked up and gone for the the,
2: the, the, the way the, the way that he's shooting. Because obviously he's so far out, the curl on the ball would suggest that if he was anywhere closer, that would go straight into Ramsdale's hands. But the fact of the matter is, because he's so far, it has enough time to bend, and it looks like he's placed it in the bottom corner. Which I really think angles wise, he's not trying to do that.
1: I think it's the it sounds a bit weird because of how far out it's. but it's the equivalent of giving the keeper the eyes where yeah, no. pretty much every time the far post is what you're going to aim yeah. for but because the keeper knows that like you said every now and again you're going to throw one in the near post we don't see that it's, much
2: it's like the R below maybe I'm
1: giving too much credit but I just no, that's how I sort of saw it
2: it could be like the R below free kick against Czech in the Champions League in I've like about that 2009 where no one's just, just no one's expecting him to do what he's doing nah, he it might can, not have been I can't pull yeah. that out
0: <laughs> It, it might even be, like, it's hard to tell Ramsdale, you shouldn't be out that far already because we're only in the first minutes of the game. When so much of last season, last, yeah, the first okay. 20 minutes, we just blew teams away. Yeah. And it's just about just not being idiots in the start, in the start of the game, often would, basically.
1: In most teams, are we going to see that with the keeper? But there just isn't the bad pass initially to expose them you know how many times I wondered if it was partly with Ramsters. at one point he is turning around and running is <laughs> how much is it supposed to be you know stay facing the ball I know not easy to back up like that he looks like he's just twisted his body out of shape like all his it just looks bad all it? his balance
0: is on one side then he falls back across and he's done that before so that's maybe something to look at
1: when you're starting to come into slightly bit more scrutiny and someone's brought in another keeper it's just a horrible well, the sequence ball of ball events. Then? I like I said, I don't necessarily I blame him, but it just how it looks.
2: It looked the optics weren't it, terrible because mm. I thought that first, and I look at it and I think, what he's done is he's banked on that Fulham player. Who was it who scored? Right, yeah, Pereira. Pereira. What he's done is he's banked on Pereira not being good enough to. Mm. He's basically thinking, about, well, I've got a couple of seconds to sprint back to goal and really narrow that angle, and then he bottles it halfway through when he realises, oh, hang on a minute, he's got more space than I thought he had. He's turned around. He's going back towards the other side of the goal because that's logic would suggest that that's where he's going to aim. And either it's been spooned or he's meant it. We'll never know. But it's not, it's not gone where he thought it's going to go. Mm. And it does look cartoonish of sorts where... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Like banana skin on the floor cartoon and it just looks terrible.
1: Oh, do you um, want as you to- said as well, Saka's never getting the heat for this pass. No. Ramsdale by default is going to yeah. shoulder
0: the blame. Yeah. I want to say this so it doesn't look... After the fact, and I hope I'm proven wrong. If people think that David Raya is a meat and drink, doesn't make any mistakes, goalkeeper, then they've really got the wrong guy. Because this is a guy. This is
1: where some of my confusions yeah, sort of lies. I, David,
0: David Raya has conceded more goals from outside the area than any keeper in the Premier League since he's come into the league. He is a guy that keeper
2: is keeping that crowd. He,
0: he's very good with the ball at his feet. <laughs> if he just had a few
2: more games, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: which is obviously the main thing, but. I don't know. I think the things that Ramsdale does well, then I think Red does them well also. I think they're one and the same. I
1: was about to say that was my <laughs> perception it. was only when you said about how long Arsenal, Arteta, and his team have been tracking this guy that I thought, okay, well maybe there is more to him than we see. Because in my book, I'd be saying him and Ramsdale this, this is similar. Something, similar something this that that is I, the
2: same guy that was so sure that he could turn Kai Havertz into something that he's not.
1: But let's face it, his. Reason Arsenal fans are persisting with Havertz is because they're going. Well, we're giving Arteta the benefit of the uh, doubt yeah. because at, at the minute, and this is one of the the benefits on the downside to doing a weekly podcast is you could say something one week and it get it looks horrible. But last week we spoke about how Arteta having last season wanting more depth now might end up tinkering too much and how he's torpedoing what he did last year in favour of Kai Havertz. And this game, unfortunately for you was probably as bad an example of both of those things where we're like, stop fucking around, play your st- strongest eleven. and by the way, that doesn't include Kai Havertz. Yeah, I think if if Arsenal fans felt that
0: Havertz had earned his way into the team, then I think it would be a lot different. I think the feeling is at the moment that everyone else has earned their place in the team except for him. Yeah, And we've spoken, I said with Mudrick, just give him 10 games with, the, tell him beforehand, whatever you do, you're going to be playing the next 10 games, yeah. and the pressure's off, go and express yourself that's a lot different when when you're telling someone else to do it to when you're seeing it for yourself. And when you have as many options in that position as we do, and so Trossard played there in pre-season, so that could be an option to get him in there. You've got Vieira there, who we spent £40 on. You've got Smith-Rowe there, who Arsenal fans are not going to stop banging the door down to say, give him a chance. And when he has a chance, he doesn't play well, it's, well, he deserves more of a chance. So give him the time that you're investing in him
1: even if this was a situation where you were bringing Kai Havertz into the team and it was just going like for like with someone and that was the only thing in that team you changed from last year. You'd go, okay, I'll give this a chance even if he's been a bit slow to start this. But, as part of accommodating it, you've moved around so much. Like Party was one of the biggest reasons why you were able to play in such a way. You had to move him out to play at right back. Ben White was a revelation at right back. Like I said, him and Saka's link up was perfect. Now you've had to change that. For some... uh, and look, there may be more to it. For some reason, you're not now playing Gabriel. And like you said, even that means Saliba even has to move across. It's just, you're moving so many key parts of what was good last year. And if it ended up being in a situation where you're not getting the best out of Odegaard as well, then I'd say, what more evidence do you need to rip this thing up and go back to what you were? Because think, that makes no sense. Like you said, he's your best player. The, on.
2: the only reason why I can see him persevering with this is, that Tiger Woods where he used to go and change his swing after winning a tournament he'd go and change it immediately so he'd understand that he's not going to play well in the next tournament but it's for the future for the long
1: term benefit yeah
2: we, we, that I can kind of understand Um but the logic was to just playing players like you, like you said Byron in then not their strongest positions that doesn't seem like a benefit no that doesn't seem no, no. like oh if you push through this for, you will perfect this it's a case of well everyone's become less effective because they're not doing what they're good yeah. at
1: I appreciate what you said about Arteta saying, look, we're going to be unpredictable we'll have all these different systems so they won't know what we're doing. At some point, you do have to play your strongest one as well, yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: Not a- yeah, it seems um, the players are really being stretched to their limits. Saliba's made as many last-ditch tackles now um, in the first three games as he did in the first six months of last season. So, Adama, by the way, if you needed any more evidence of how quick he is, I've never seen Saliba get burnt for pace no, that like that. that was scary, wasn't it? And he's very lucky that Adama isn't Jamie Vardy or Harry Kane because they would run into his leg when he slides to try yeah. and make a block yeah. which he does he just matches him enough to where Traore can't get away basically um,
1: well, Peak Twitter pettiness I saw some Liverpool fan posting the clip of Van Dyke catching up with Adama Traore right? uh, of, of course Yeah, keep going Arsenal,
0: out there soldiers an Arsenal fan then quote tweeted that a day later 'Cause it I mean, the, the, the Van ca- Dyke's
1: now got a few you can go put up yeah, against it, I
0: the guess. The caption said um showing the levels or something and then we saw the him getting a red card and said, yeah. Yeah, showing the levels. That fan who posted that got him the red. <laughs> it's 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 very strange and I also I, I mean I don't have a house to bet. If I did have a house and I was forced to bet it, I would say Havertz almost certainly starts on Saturday. Arteta's press conference after and... Even after hooking him. Yeah, well, Klopp has some of these sometimes, Pep has some of these sometimes where they're they're just delusions of a madman. (laughs) And he's saying afterwards, and in principle, he's absolutely right when he says, we played better against Fulham at home this season than we did last season. We won the game last season. Ask him which he'd rather have, and I'm sure I know which one. Gabriela scored three goals in two games against Fulham, and we didn't we didn't play him. That's just weird. And this time around, I don't know. If the tinkering doesn't work against Forest, we've seen this system, I think, now five, six times. I think we've won two of them. It's clearly not not working. You can say you're trying to get the patterns and the uh, familiarity out of it. it. Doesn't seem to be working. It should be. Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba, White, Ramsdale, Party, Rice, Erdegaard, Martinelli, Eddie, Saka on Sunday. Jesus when he's back. Jesus came on for stoppage time, but I don't think you're starting him straight away. And Eddie seems to be, he's gone up a level. Yeah. It's, um, and if he's going to start putting the ball in the back of the net as well, then fantastic. Mm. He's been involved in every goal we've scored so far this season. And the question is, if you want to play the same system, has Vieira done enough to start against United? That'd be brave. I think, fortunately for them, the injury to Mount forces their hand somewhat. And so I think they have to play a more functional midfield. And so I think you'll see Casemiro, Ericsson and Bruno on Sunday. Uh, this This isn't a game to mess about in. And I no. do worry that how defiant he was post-game felt like I'm at least giving it one more just to prove to you that I can make yeah, it work. Yeah,
1: with all the chat from either fans or media or whatever being about this, he probably will double down and say, no, I'm right. Which, you'll, again, he'll live and die on. If you want to live and die on Kyle Havertz, so, uh, you're a braver man than I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see also, what happens with him. Because- also, I actually think Rice is probably your best bet for trying to form an eight. I think he's probably the best at trying he, to
0: do that he's been better every single game and he was really good again on saturday and he seems to be taking more responsibility there was a moment in the palace game where he told urdegaard really that he put the ball into a space and urdegaard was just knackered and so didn't run after it and he essentially grabbed him and pointed and said you should be getting there running with the ball and not just booting it out like that mm. And to have the freedom to do that in this team already, one that was so kind of set in stone, says a lot, I think, about how he has put
1: himself in there. and I'll just back him to learn that role a lot better than I would the party role. I just think he's, he can do that. I, I'm not I, saying he can't do either, but I think I think he's the closest you've got to an eight in this team.
0: I think from the murmurs that we had, I'm not sure the club were expecting Thomas Party to still be here now. Yeah, you might be right. Now that he is, and... He performed well in the Community Shields and he performed well, as we said, the first game of the season. I think it came to a point where he said, he might be too good for us to have on the bench. And so from there on, he was like, well, I want to play Havertz as well. So this is the only way he can spoon everyone in. That or it's a disciplinary issue with Gabriel, but then I don't see that you'd be bringing him off the bench is my confusion.
1: And he hasn't really hesitated in bringing up if something's a disciplinary before. He said, he turned up late, so this is it, or whatever. I don't really
0: understand it. I I don't really need 10 messages saying, you told me Gabriel was going to (laughs) start every time Arsenal team sheets released, when I say, well, I thought he was going (laughs) to start. I don't know why he isn't. Zinchenko did enough that I thought as soon as Zinchenko came back in the team, Gabriel would follow him. And the question is then, because... Kivior can't play centre back on the weekend. That's what that's the change we made. When Zinchenko came on, Kivior went left centre back, Saliba went back right, Ben White went to right back. Party came off because we were chasing the game. It's interesting. If we play that system against United the way they're playing, we should put three plus past them. Yeah. But yeah. I don't have a belief that that's going to happen. It may be Havertz needs to get injured or something. And their hand gets forced. But as I'm led to believe I have this, it. he doesn't get injured. So I'm that's, not sure that's inevitable. going to be happening. That,
2: yeah, he is inevitable. All
1: right, let's let's uh, let's just have some fun and have Saka against Anthony down their side and uh, Rashford against Party down yours and we just see what happens.
0: Yeah, let's close our last 10 minutes here with uh, United Forest. I don't think we need to comment on Everton a terrible... Brentford aren't Brentford are good.
1: Spurs looked money against Bournemouth. They did. They, did. they the, I thought the Madison goal. I mean, each of the midfielders there. Basuma with that turn you're gonna see about a hundred times with Lavia Jack, so enjoy that one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> a bit here. Did you uh Saar a Pass, I didn't think you had in the locker and the run for Madison is just it's a the perfect goal from their midfield.
0: Did you see the TikTok that Madison posted taking the piss out of the Bournemouth fans? It's um, Oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. With all
0: the fans of chat southgate's right your shit or something like that mm. and he purposely puts the ball outside of uh, the corner spot bad, yeah. yeah and then he's just laughing and says too easy on his post, So, <laughs> unfortunately he is still likable I've done my best <laughs> Give it time I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he'll United yeah. Forest first thing why are Rashford and Anthony outside the area on corners to begin with is <laughs> you're attacking players outside the box because I don't see that yeah And then, defensively, I'm not sure those two are the guys you want. Summed up in Rashford being that weak in the challenge that he doesn't even commit. He basically sees a big man like Awanyi charging at him and says, yeah, no thanks.
1: (laughs) Hesitates initially, therefore giving Awanyi that head start. I mean, he's got some pace himself, mind you, but you don't need to. And then he gets back in. Awanyi gives him every chance to nick the ball. And it isn't even like he's showing enough of the ball here that... You can get it. It isn't like, oh, I can't do anything. He's showing enough. And like you said, Rashford gets there. And then just, I don't know, just doesn't fancy it. Is Isn't a bit scared? I don't know.
0: Any word from you on a one year who's now seven and seven? Not one of my better takes, is it? <laughs> <laughs> one. So I'm standing
2: I'm like, by. I don't quite know
0: how he's doing it. I but... don't even think it was a bold claim either. I think I ended last season and I said, because um, he got a one year and he looks decent. And you were you pounced on it because uh,
1: <laughs> the Sky Sports lads have been like talking about it as well. It's like whenever I see him, it's like it just looks. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be going in on clumsy-looking strikers, <laughs> but he just looks clumsy, and I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't convince. But you know, at the end of the day, he's putting the ball in the back, and I guess so it doesn't really matter.
0: Not a great game from the big freak, um, Matt freaking Turner. Some soft hands. Yeah, but not, some not good keeping all round in that game because. I've seen some oh. goalkeeper moves in my time. Diving before the shot is a new one by me. It's like some mind trick he's trying to do or something. So it's not even, he's not even dived. So. He's yeah. yeah. just fallen.
2: So everything was supposed <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sat down. He's sat down. Just, Maybe it'll hit me. <laughs> so what you're, what you're trained to do as keepers, every time the player looks down at the ball and they're running through when they're taking their touches, you take a massive stride forward. And that's, when you, then you find a position and you, you stay there. Then you angle your body to try and take them away from the goal so they can't knock it past you, knock it into an empty net. You're supposed to show them the line. So, what he's done, he's still inside his six yard box, even though he's run from the halfway line with the ball. He's not come out to close the angle. And as he takes the shot, he's bent himself. And I saw an edit of him driving an F1 car because, (laughs) because that is his body position. So, I just couldn't understand what I was seeing from that. To go from De Gea where they're thinking, right, we've got a serious keeper now. I don't know what to tell you, United fans. but Red that, flags. That, Some red flags already. I, that That is not more than, that's more than a red flag. That's just, I can't believe I've seen a professional keeper do that on a football pitch. No, I really awful. wanted
1: to get
0: into him but unfortunately we were losing to Fulham from what looked like a goalkeeping error so yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to but when I saw it back that is, uh, yeah, that's a rough, it's a rough look that and, Elsewhere I mean you got a Casemiro miss from point blank range him and Poch by the way and I say this as a man with one myself battle for the pudgies in the league between them two <laughs> Poch at least has an excuse he's not a professional athlete pre-season the, the, the mid-season break was uh, I mean it was kind to Casemiro he's a little too kind enjoyed it and this is a man that's had two dominoes this weekend <laughs> one and a half actually not sure about the red card. I thought this was less of a red card than the one in the Liverpool game for Joe Worrell, I believe it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I thought, uh, is it Bolly who's coming in on the side as well? I think it's pretty feasible. He probably makes it. Yeah. Referee had a howler there. I know they're... They I'm saying, I after. do feel think Worrell is taking one for the team, though? Is this maybe just a different difference? He's, he's he
2: got like that him. look... Of resignation on his face, like he you knows <laughs> this. It's like you know when they poker face it and they think, "Well, maybe I'll, have, I'll get away with this." He knew he wasn't. Yeah, I guess a, a lot, a
0: lot. They, for the for the goal that United get from the free kick. The referee hasn't blown the whistle and the Forest players stop because they're just resigned to it being a free kick and <laughs> the ref had not blown yet. Yeah, naive.
2: It's just maybe just being at Old Trafford. They just
0: well the, they accepted their fate. Uh, yeah, the Rashford dive for the penalty. They can slow it down on match of the day and tell me there's contact. Anytime you need to zoom in to the frame eight times and circle where the contact is, it's maybe
1: not enough contact for a penalty. Weird, isn't it? They didn't quite have that energy with Zabozla the week before. It's yeah, we a slight difference with Marcus Rashford. Yeah. Can we done stop that one out. when
0: explaining a penalty say, so, well, there is contact? Of course there is. It's
1: too like, fully. Even, the, even our VAR, if there is no contact, is surely going, oh, hang on. Maybe we should pull this up. And again, it's the the exaggerated contact, he, the way he
0: contorts his body to go down. It's just so so annoying, and just giving them a route back into the game, which they were good enough to get back in it anyway.
2: I think if you compare it to the penalty that he was given in the Arsenal game, like it was on Vieira, wasn't it? Yeah. Like that is how a penalty. That's what a penalty looks like. Like when he went when he went down watching for fuck's it, why have you done yeah. that and it's just the way he's fallen that's what it looks like the rafford one is almost the opposite I feel where yeah. he's like jumped up in the air contorted manufactured the the contact what Troy should have done against yeah. you essentially oh, like exactly what he should have done hmm. but yeah you're getting those he's pushed yeah, the contact that
1: Arthur wasn't really there like he's basically just the sport, sport, the it. his <laughs> is entirely bought whereas yeah. like you said the Vieira one it's a good shout was just like the most clear, like yeah. yeah, he's not the ball past you. You've taken him out. <laughs> yeah. Job done. Yeah, the free kick
0: they score from is a nice move. I, I do wonder if Matt Turner could be stronger there, but I think when the ball gets flicked up, he's a bit unsure as to whether he comes out to smack it away, whether he tries to block it. Mm. It's yeah, I don't know how much he can do. It just looked a bit flappy in Maybe. the moment.
2: He did make an absolutely fantastic save, though that Anthony save. Yeah, yeah. The footwork to get across his error because his starting position is actually really poor he's covering his near post too much. To make that ground and tip it around the post I thought was really good. We we were behind
0: his goal when he was warming up uh, before the Arsenal game and the thing we commented on it, he just wasn't catching anything. He was just palming everything out and that carried into the game didn't it? Where he was just parrying everything and hmm. it's not always in the best of areas. I do think through three games now there were some Arsenal fans that were like well, we should have been giving him more of a chance. I think maybe he's more of a forest keeper than yeah I think that's probably an Arsenal one I wonder if I think they paid about 10-ish million from us Palace uh, signing Dean Henderson for 20 million do wonder if they'll say should we have maybe put the money there after how he was last season I don't know I don't know if Matt Turner is going to be a difference between them staying up or going down but I don't think he's looked fantastic through three games
1: Mm. It's been good and bad, is not it? Which yeah. is just, it's not you what might expect it's from a keeper down there, but it's it's you just can't let it slide. It's not what
2: you want. You want consistency down there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, do you? yeah. But do the easy things well, and then maybe have a bit of stardust sprinkled in if you need to. Don't make a save like the Anthony one, and then parry it straight to someone's feet. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's, absolutely. that's not what you need.
0: Yeah, and United in midfield, they still look wide open. They seem to be embracing these chaotic games while not trying to have them, and just hope we don't give them what they want on, uh, on Sunday. You see, I think the Where system... At the Emirates. Okay. He, he, the like- system we're trying to play, I think, is supposed to be that with the additional men in midfield, we're limiting the chaos that is there and we're controlling the game more, but it's just having the opposite effect because yeah, yeah. the system just isn't in place. And maybe it's that the players there aren't attuned to, to do that. It just seems like trying to ask Saka and Marceline Erdegaard to play such rigid football. Maybe not what I would do if I was uh, telling uh, telling Arsenal how to play their game. But I think it's gonna, I think there's gonna be goals the way both teams are defending on Sunday. So hopefully Arsenal just get one more than United, two more ideally, because the nerves. I don't really need that going into stoppage time again. Ten ten minutes added on against United just sounds like pure hell. <laughs> and yeah it will probably be a Casimiro header or something I'm sure of his chubby cheeks you know I mean? <laughs> said it alright I think that just about does us uh, on a bank holiday weekend so uh, thank you for listening movie madness this week Keenan is coming back on we've been speaking about doing a pod on Swingers which if you've not seen the film maybe sound <laughs> confusing but Vince Vaughn and John Favreau so uh, if you like the film tune in if not well, ideally watch the film and then tune in. So uh, see you then. And then back Friday, me and TK will be there, transfer deadline day. And then again Monday, so the grind doesn't stop. See you then. Adios.